93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news updates with Kathy Romano. And today is Wednesday, April 3rd. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. With heads hanging low, four former Penn State fraternity brothers walked into a Pennsylvania courtroom to face the judge for the hazing death of Timothy Piazza. Joseph Scala, Michael Bonatucci, Luke Visser, and Joshua Kershevsky all sentenced Tuesday for Piazza's 2017 death after the 19-year-old died following an alcohol-fueled hazing ritual. Scala, who was charged with three counts of hazing and one count of conspiracy to commit hazing, will serve three months of house arrest and more than two and a half years probation. Bonatucci and Visser could face up to six months behind bars. Kershevsky was dealt the harshest punishment with three to nine months in jail. The four are among 26 members of the Beta Theta Pi fraternity charged in the case. Prosecutors say it took Piazza's fraternity brothers 12 hours to call 911 after finding the 19-year-old unconscious following a night of forced drinking, which ended with Piazza falling headfirst down a flight of stairs. A furious legal battle followed Piazza's death with the judge dismissing the most serious charges of manslaughter against the five members of the fraternity. But many are still facing a slew of other charges, including tampering with evidence, reckless endangerment, and hazing. They have yet to be sentenced. I I can't remember, Kath, if it was the fall down the steps or the excessive drinking that was really ultimately what killed this this kid. I I mean, either way, this, I mean... it, this this could happen to to anybody at any time. Like you know, I just think of my my time in school and hazing and and people. You know, guy, I, I had friends that used to dive down the steps, and it drove me crazy. I'm like, dude, you guys are going to get hurt, and people would tumble down the steps, and they thought it was fun. And I mean, my my heart goes out to every single family that that's involved with this thing. You know, whether it be the victims or or you know the guys that have been sentenced, because this is just senseless and tragic. Yeah. Piazza's parents told ABC News that they hope that their son's case will serve as a warning to others and make students think twice before hazing anyone. The city of Philadelphia's Transportation Infrastructure and Sustainability Department is considering having motorists pay a fee to drive on some of Philadelphia's congested roads. Yeah! There are more cars on Philadelphia. Now you get to pay to drive on congested roads. There are more cars on Philadelphia's roads now more than ever before, according to Chris uh, Pachalski, the Director of Policy and Strategic Initiatives for the city. City officials are considering charging drivers who pass through congested roads like sections uh, of Center City or University City, but they're waiting to see how the plan works first in New York City. Uh, New York has the plan starting to charge drivers at the end of 2020 to end some of Manhattan's most congested areas. It gets better, though, Kathy, because Uh, as you start out, on these roads, it's going to be somebody waiting there to kick you in the balls. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. So are are they hoping that this is going to lessen congestion, yes. or do they, they need repairs no, on no, the roads? No, no, it's going and... to, yeah, they, they want it to lessen uh, It's congestion. going to make it worse. Oh. You, you're going to create hopeless. for the only driving for the privileged. Privilege. Only privileged people get to drive on congested roads. Oh I, I think the mindset is that it, it's going to um, make you think twice about driving on these roads. I think, like, when, you know, the, the methods that they use when you get up on 76 and they they pause you at the on-ramp or, or things like That's that. That's on the right? Blue Route. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, Right. I mean, you're right, on, on the yeah. Blue Route. Um, it makes makes a, a big difference, but um, I, I I don't see so how this, this is going to work. they do this in European cities. They actually do it in London, um, which is where they speak different languages. <laughs> where they're not getting the idea from, uh, and it, it works for them. So they are trying it in New York. Oh. And it, it's not going to be toll booth case. They're actually just going to. It'll be cameras. They'll take a picture of your license plate, and you'll get a bill in the mail. Shut up! Wow, really? Yeah. They have that here. They have it here. They have it here on the uh, on the Turnpike. Where and there there's a spot where you come through, and you don't even go through a toll booth. They take a picture of your license plate. 
so there's no plan in Philly yet, but the potential charge will help raise money for public transit, and then it's going to encourage drivers to use mass transit. So they're hoping that that will keep yeah. that's what will keep the cars mm-hmm. off the roads. You know, decades ago when they created the Verrazano Narrows Bridge in New York, the idea was they were going to oh, charge you a toll to pay off the bridge. Oddly enough, they still charge the toll. <laughs> it's like, isn't it like twenty bucks? It's re- it it's now? crazy. It's it's good though because they they make you pay. Uh, you know, as you're as you're leaving, not as you're coming in, because they they want to keep you there to yeah. keep charging you more. <laughs> All right, so, isn't this just going to congest the other roadways, the secondary roadways more? I mean, no, like because pe- they're encouraging people know. to take mass transit. I don't speak European languages. <laughs> if you need to get into Center City, okay. what they're trying to say is, don't drive there. Get on a bus. I got a better idea. We got to improve the mass transit system around here well, because that's I've a been. Good point. Yeah, I've been listen. to other cities, and listen, SEPTA's fine for what it is. But when you go to other cities, like when I was in London, and Paris, and New York, and Boston, like the mass transit there is amazing. New York. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, you still have massively congested <laughs> roads in New York. The difference, like in, when you were in, in France and such, you were heading to Paris. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it's going to be harder to convince people when they're going to, you know, Kensington to take the mass transit. Yeah, but I was able to get in and around the city z- with zero issues. Yeah, in London Paris. was so easy. Yeah. Again, they so, speak a different language. <laughs> but Kat, like, yes, New York, because, I mean, we have one subway line. Uh, I, yeah, I know. But have you been on New York subway line? It is not nice. No, I wasn't saying that. It's oh. nice. It's just convenient is what I mean. Convenient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. A Kansas woman went on a shoe shopping spree, but the shoes weren't for her. Addie Tritt went to in, uh, into a Payless shoe store in Hayes, Kansas last week where the shoes were on sale for a dollar a pair. Payless is closing all of its 2,100 stores in the United States and Puerto Rico, and many uh, are having liquidation sales. She wanted to buy all the shoes and donate them to victims, uh, flood victims in Nebraska. There were, That's wonderful. Yeah, it's so cool. There were 204 pairs left <clears throat> uh, in the store. Tritt, a 25-year-old Fort Hayes State University graduate, negotiated to get all of the shoes for $100. She then donated the footwear, which included more than 160 baby styles and about 40 adult pairs to victims of Nebraska's devastating floods as part of a relief effort. One of my fondest memories is going into one of these uh, it's Payright, right? What is it? Payless. 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 Right. Uh, and shopping for my walk a mile in uh, her <laughs> shoe the shoes. shoes. Uh, yeah. I'm going to try them on now. <laughs> It's for a charity. Yeah. It's for a charity thing. Yeah, because you had to make sure they fit. Sure it is, sweetie. Not, a men's yeah. ten and a half. What is By that? By the way, women's? there's a large woman's dress store there. <laughs> Seriously, what? I'm surprised you were able to find shoes that big. Yeah. In fact, yeah. It, what the bitch of it is, it's right near my my home in uh, Mount Airy. So I'm like, oh, this is perfect. Anytime I need a refit. But they're closing them down. Yeah, they're they're having liquidation sales. This is a great Steve, idea, though. Right as you're about yeah. to reach from another hand comes up. Excuse me, sweetheart. <laughs> yeah, those are mine. Yeah. <laughs> Big night on the town. I oh, you have a penis too. Cut it off. It's so liberating. Yeah, I agree, Kevin. I think this is a great idea. I think it's uh, something we should all get behind. I know. I want to check out. the. Yeah. There's one in the Plymouth Meeting Mall. I wonder if there's any shoes left. I'm going to stop by there and see uh, see how much they are. Maybe I'll give you 100 bucks. All right. Well, I'll, see, I'll go see how much they Look are. Look at you buying <laughs> shoes for Flood victims. Not for I mean, flood victims. For no, Kathy? I, no, no, for me. Yeah, for me. I, oh, yeah. oh. I don't no. want to ever have to buy shoes for the rest of my life. So if I can get no. it for a buck a pair. No, but you know, my mom no. works at a homeless shelter, and I'm sure they could, all the kids and the, the people yep, in the yep. shelter could use new shoes. So I, I actually am going to go and see it's uh, a good thing. what the sales are like. All right, let's do sports this morning. <laughs>
The Phillies beat the Nationals 8-2 yeah. last night in Washington. After being booed at every at-bat, Bryce Harper crushed a long home run in his final, and the Phillies are off to the franchise's best start in over a century. Michael Franco also homered for the Phillies, baseball's only undefeated team at 4-0, a start that they only accomplished in 1915 and 1897. Harper has three homers and five RBIs in four games, along with a 429 batting average, and drove in three last night. The quick two-game series wraps up this afternoon. Naranola will get the start for the Phillies, while Annabelle Sanchez pitches for the Nats. Game time is 105. What? Annabelle. Oh, Annabelle. Okay. <laughs> Some people call him Annabelle. <laughs> the Flyers lost to the Stars 6-2 last night in Dallas. Few. We have a funeral. <laughs> the Stars clinched their first trip to the postseason in three years, getting two goals and two assists from Alexander Radulov in the win. The Flyers have only two games left in the season with the matchup tomorrow night in St. Louis against the Blues and then the season finale at home against the Carolina, uh, Carolina on Saturday night. The Sixers have only five games remaining in the regular season and have all but locked up the third seed in the Eastern Conference. They are five and a half games behind the Toronto Raptors and three and a half games in front of the Boston Celtics and Indiana Pacers. Tonight, the Sixers will play the Hawks in Atlanta and once again will be without Joel Embiid who stayed home from the road trip in order to rest. Tip-off is at 7.30 and that's what I have uh, for you this morning. Uh, Annabelle. <laughs> I'm going to be thinking about that all day. We were talking about that yesterday, yeah, I believe. Yeah, oh, uh, that was with the Daily Rush Madness and guess what? We got more matchups and winners to announce and I want to go ahead and do that right now. It's time for Preston and Steve's Daily Rush Madness. Winding down. Yeah. We're getting there, man. So videos that are moving on to the next round uh, are the Pennsylvania New State song, uh, which beat over the last waterbed store, 72%. We had a feeling that was going to happen because it was a number one seat. Also, number one seat was Casey's Ranch Dressing Freakout. That moves past Casey Kasem's Native American Reservation, and so it moves on to the next round. Then you have... Bill Cosby originally sang Blinded by the Light, beating out Preston L.A. Speed Pier. We knew that was going to happen. And the Rizzo matchup. Rizzo's Crumb Creep Brulee <laughs> against Rizzo versus the Anchorman Love Story. I think an upset here. Uh, Anchorman the Love Story won with 55%. Wow. They're both great, but uh, I, me personally, I like the Creep Brulee. Yeah, yeah. But nonetheless, it's great. And then, moving on, over Russian jokes was the Wigapalooza. Wigapalooza taking it. Yeah, One. you know what? I think the video element really, because, yes. I mean. It does help. On air content-wise, I thought that Russian joke was, was a really, really funny break. But, but once you see the wigs, it makes a difference. Yep. I agree. I agree. Yep. And then uh, the last matchup was Bill Wesson says the darnest things against Regis wants to bang your fillings out and Regis reigns supreme and moves on to the next round. Are we officially in the uh, the next, Casey? We are, yes. All right, uh, we're going to call this the Stupid 16. Aha. Does that sound good? Casey wrote it down. Well, so I wasn't sure what you, because you had said something last week. The stupid works. It's all Sassy stupid. 16, Sassy, or I don't remember silly. what it was. The silly, silly 16. Silly. No, stupid. Uh, I like the Stupid 16. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight matchups today. Yeah. In order for this to end... Uh, on Friday for the championship, we have to do uh, eight of them today. So let me give you the uh, next two. And here's when it starts. This is when you really got to think closely uh, and deeply about your decisions because we have Harper Lee's laser tag against Bill Cosby saying blinded by the light. So, How do you choose one of your own children? I'm, I'm not. I'm going to insist, if I may, if you'll indulge me, 
that you watch the videos before you vote. Yeah. yeah. Just to refresh your memory. Because as you pointed out yesterday, Preston, sometimes things come three quarters of the way into a video yep. that you forgot were part of that bit. Exactly. So here's just a little clip of Harper Lee's laser tag. The guns, they, they kind of go pew, <laughs> pew, pew, pew. Commander Harper Lee reporting for Intergalactic Battalion. All right, so that is, uh, that's Harper Lee's laser tag. And then Bill Cosby originally sang Blinded by the Light, a little snippet of that. And drummers, bombers, and Indians in the summer. Sounds a little Bill Cosby. Teenage diplomats, drummers, grummers, dummers, and flapping, flapping, floobers, and flaking, flagging, blabber, boogers. Does he? Oh, that was so much fun. And it dragged on for a while. It was so good. So those two are up, as well as the other matchups. You can vote on them now. You can watch the videos as well, WMMR.com. Just uh, click on Daily Rush Madness. We would like to hear from you. And we're going to have to double up on some of these. We have a lot of guests on the show. We We have a bunch going on, so we'll make sure that we roll out all these matchups. But uh, go ahead and vote. Uh, Let's see. For the program today, we have a couple things happening. I'm going to go live on Fox Good Day today, so we will check in uh, with Mike and Alex. We also have uh, actor Thomas Lennon. He's hilarious. Uh, He's been in so many things you find hilarious, and he's written so many things you find hilarious. Yeah, Reno 911 and I Love You Man, The State, just to name a few things. He wrote uh, Night at the Museum. And he's been involved in a lot of animated stuff. So he's stopping in this morning because he has a a book out. It's it's for teens, I believe. It it seems like it's in the, uh, like, yeah, like the... uh, um, Harry Potter realm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he will be uh, doing a book signing tonight at uh, Barnes & Noble in Fairless Hills. So we'll get some details from him a little bit later on. Uh, then around 9 o'clock, we have a uh, phenomenal, uh, just outstanding uh, jazz musician, Antonio Sanchez, who's stopping in. He's performing with his group Migration tonight at Ardmore Music Hall. I put him on Casey's radar, I don't know, a year or two ago maybe because... Uh, he is the drummer that uh, is basically the soundtrack for the movie Bird uh, Birdman, which is where I first paid attention. I was like, who is this guy? Because I heard the music and I went and checked it out and I watched a couple of drum solos. I'm like, oh, my God, yeah. this guy's amazing. And that soundtrack won virtually every available soundtrack award that year. Yeah, so he is uh, he's a virtuoso. He's phenomenal and he's very, very unique. He can make it sound like three people are playing the drum kit at the same time. He has that much independence of his limbs. So I know, I know you don't know who he is, and that's fine. But he's he's phenomenal. We're going to have him on today. This is kind of for me. Yeah, well, trust us. Trust us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trust us. And we have two drum kits here in the studio. So he is going to play... I suck, man. I was sitting down. You do and, not suck. I was sitting down and playing. I'm I'm really. You were doing a pretty yeah, spot on Steve Gatt uh, drum riff from uh, 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover. Yeah, but, and uh, yeah. you're good. But listen, you're bringing a freaking legend in here. Yeah. Uh, you can't help but pale by comparison. It'll be it'll be fun. It'll be cool. So uh, I'm looking forward to having him in around 9 o'clock. So he's going to be here. And we also have $1,000 to give away with. Go fund yourself. Yeah. So listen for your uh, chance to win around 8 o'clock. We'll give you the, the keyword and all the things that you need to know. And a secret text word today. Oh, we have yeah. a chance for you to win pit tickets for the MMR of a Q. Uh, and all you got to do is text word secret to 39333. We'll bounce a word back to you later on. We'll ask you to call in with the word. Designated caller wins those tickets. We'll grab a random texture and give tickets to those as well. We have a movie screening with Pet Cemetery coming up. We'll do some giveaways with that. We have uh, giveaways with the Man Center, Led Zeppelin. They have a special thing that's coming up. Yeah. Uh, with the orchestra. So we'll give those tickets away. 
Is it possible we have too much entertainment no, today? It clearly is. Okay. Well, we'll take a break. We'll come back in a second. We'll do the stupid question, the entertainment report, all these things. Sun's going to be coming up in a moment. We get our day started together once again. Stay right there. More of the Preston and Steve Show podcast after this. At Steven Singer Jewelers, everyone gets the perfect price. No coupons, no sales, no negotiating. Feel great about buying a diamond. Visit Steven Singer, the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly, or online at IHateStevenSinger.com. Always with free shipping. Steven Singer Jewelers. One place, one price. Now back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Really? Yeah. It's time for Preston and Steve's Daily Rush I'm going to make this kind of quick because we have a lot of matchups and a whole lot of stuff to get to in this segment. But we have more matchups for you today as we're into the stupid 16. Uh, the two videos that are facing off as we speak. Uh, let's see. We have. Is this correct? Do I have the right day here? Yeah. 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 Okay. The second yeah, one down. I do. Sorry. Yeah. The secret farm behind the Plymouth Meeting Mall. Versus Caitlyn Jenner's dinner party. Oh, boy. Which one's going to win? It's up to you. Let's play some uh, clips to recap. Here is the secret farm. Farm, farm behind the Plymouth Meeting Mall? There's a farm behind the Plymouth yeah, Meeting Mall? Yeah, they have... The farm behind the Plymouth Meeting Mall. This year's crop is death. <laughs> I didn't know there was a farm back then. Oh, yeah, it's been there for about 20 years. No one's ever come back from it, though. So that is uh, video number one. It'll be up to you to decide. And then the second one, Caitlyn Jenner's dinner party. First time we uh, had friends over to the house. Here, oh, we, yeah. here we go. <laughs> yeah. well, look who it is. <laughs> it's LeVar Burton from Reading Rainbow. <laughs> oh, my God. Seriously? No way. <laughs> they usually bring something, too, like a That's little right. housewarming well, gift. or some, some delightful. This is what they call a bun cake. Yeah. <laughs> How do you get the icing inside? One of the great wonders of science. A lot of people stopped by that day, so you'll sure. need to watch the video to bring yourself back up to speed on it. WMMR.com, vote for it. Let us know. Enter to win the prize, by the way. Punchline Philly could end up going to every single show for the rest of the year. In the meantime, we're going to do a stupid question, and we are going to give away today for the correct answer. Pair of tickets to enjoy the glory days of Philly 80, Philly's 80s rock with David Wissickenden's uh, in the pocket at uh, Arbor Music Hall this Saturday. The question I have for you is, where did artist Andy Warhol grow up? Mm. What city did he grow up in? 215-263-WMMR. Call him now if you know the answer. I have a lot, a lot of birthdays today, so we're going to kind of zip through these because we're already running late here. Uh, Sebastian Bach celebrates his birthday on Wednesday, April 3rd. Skid Row. Still local? Don't know. Okay, I thought he was in Jersey last he time was. I heard. Yeah, uh, he's fifty-one years old today. Hopefully, he's got a handle on his uh, his drinking, which was an issue for him at some point. Uh, another person who had a substance abuse issue, Amanda Bynes. Yes, celebrates her birthday today. She's thirty-three years old, and I think there's more going on than just the substance. You just reported. Yeah, there's there's obviously other. Yeah. Like, she may be bipolar. Who knows? Yep. So she is thirty-three. Always liked her though. Yeah, very talented. Uh, uh, Jenny Garth Darn. from uh, Beverly Hills nine zero two one zero. Yes. And what I like about you? Recently devastated by the death of uh, Luke Perry. Yeah. yeah. 47 today. Hilarious actor. Adam Scott has his birthday. Uh, Parks and Recreation. <laughs> Step Brothers. He's the evil brother. He's so good he's in Step Brothers. Awesome. 
And what else has he been in? Uh, well, he plays Chuck D'Amico in the uh, WMMR story. You're right. Yeah. You're right. He's he's going to be scheduled. Show. Oh, I remember what it is. The uh, the Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Yes, he, he is plays a dick in that. The a hole boss. Yeah. He he plays those characters so well. He's 46 today. The great Eddie Murphy. Wow. Eddie's 58 today. You know, Eddie and I shared a wall space at a comedy club <laughs> just by virtue of the fact that our last names end with M. Seriously? Yeah, I was right below Eddie. Or, yeah, uh, yeah, right. Wow. Wherever they had me. Uh, so Eddie is celebrating his 58th birthday today. Word is that he is going to be in what, what did we hear recently? Uh, oh, doing sequel, Com- Coming to America. Coming to America, yeah. That's right, yeah. Uh, David Hyde Pierce, who was great on Frasier. Super talented, won yep. a number of Emmys, and they're rebooting that show. Are they really? That's the word. The same cast? Same cast, That's except awesome. for... Um, the father. father died. Passed away. It's harder to get him. <laughs> uh, he is celebrating a big one today, 60 years old today. It's uh, Alec Baldwin's birthday today. That's right. Uh, Alec is... Uh, You're a little pig. <laughs> You're he's a stupid little pig. He's 61. It is so wild to go back and watch some of his earlier works because... He looks like he swallowed himself whole at this point. It's crazy. Yeah, he was, Go back to Beetlejuice. He was yeah. skinny. He, he wasn't. He ju- looks like his own son. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, so many great movies over the years. Hunt for Red October, Glenn Thank Glenn, you very Glenn, much. Uh, the Departed and so on. He's uh, 61. Uh, actor Matthew Good. I always have to look him up. Uh, and now I remember from uh, the uh, the Watchmen film. He's Ozymandias. Oh, he's yeah, really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he is going. He is also in uh, the Imitation Game. He's kind of the um, uh, the intellectual foe to uh, 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 to Turing. Uh, in that movie, what's his uh, origin? Where, where is he from? He's English. He's got a, okay. I thought he, of a, a bit of an accent. He's an Englishman, yeah. and in fact, he's from gonna England. Be, he's going to be in the next Kingsman movie. I looked up on IMDb. Oh, there's another one. There's going to yeah. There's two of them. There's two. There's <laughs> three of them. There's three of them. Uh, yeah, they're going to do like an origin story. Good. Okay. Number two was okay. Yeah, I agree. First I one agree. was great. One was phenomenal. Uh, so Kobe Smulders, you gotta love her. Love her. Yeah, her name actually sounds like a character's name in the Avengers, but it's not. It's her yeah. name. It's her actual yeah. name. Anybody yeah, else watch her actual name? Anybody else watch Friends from College on Netflix with her? Yes. And yeah, yeah, they canceled it. I really liked I it a lot. Did. Are you kidding me? All of my shows get canceled. Sorry, Kath. Yeah, it was two seasons. All my shows get canceled. Not coming back. God. Uh, she is a beautiful, talented woman, and she can pull off the comedy or drama. She's one of those people that can do both. No, at this point, F your spoiler alerts, but I uh, I hope there uh, there's a scenario that brings her back to the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Have you ever seen the outtakes from the first Avengers movie? Yes. There's a They're scene great. with her. Where she's like fake dying, yeah, and she's just kind of like over dramatizing <laughs> got, it, or I think she's overdoing it when 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 uh, oh, when, when Coulson when dies. Coulson dies. Coulson! That's, when... <laughs> that's, that's it. Uh, she's thirty-seven today. Uh, Doris Day, the great God, is ninety-seven years old. She knows what's going to happen today. A whole bunch of people will gather out in the street in front of her home, all her fans, and will sing "K Sera Sera." Do they really do that every year on her that's birthday? Super sweet. Yeah, and she ch- chases them away with a hose. Uh, I liked uh, Please Don't Eat the Daisies when I was a kid. It was a uh, great movie. movie. I always watched. Did a lot of, of movies with uh, Rock Hudson. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> and then the last birthday is an actress named Sophia Batella. And she I, uh, she's v- very exotic and really cool in Kingsman, the first movie. She played Gazelle, the, the woman with the uh, the um, uh, attachments on her feet. Yeah, the, the knives. And she's in The Mummy with she's Tom the, Cruise. The she mummy. is The Mummy. And she's also in uh, the, the last Star Trek movie. Yes. Uh, yes. So she, she does a lot of the action stuff. Uh, she's celebrating her 37th birthday today. So happy birthday. All right, we'll see if we can get an answer to the stupid question. What city... 
did Andy Warhol grow up in? 215-263-WMMR is the number. And uh, we'll go to Lucy. Hey, Lucy. Hello. Lucy, what city did Andy Warhol grow up in? Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That's right. <laughs> oh, Lucy. Oh, Lucy. Hang on a second, Lucy. Tickets to see David Wasikinen's In the Pocket Collective. Ardmore Music Hall this Saturday for a special album release with uh, Pierre Robert. Ardmoremusic.com for tickets. It is a 21 and older event. Uh, we'll start with uh, the MCU. Uh, Avengers Endgame tickets went on sale yesterday. And Adam Tickets is reporting that in the first hour alone, the movie has set a record for the mobile ticket retailer. Uh, Endgame has sold three times the tickets on Adam in the first hour of pre-sale than Avengers Infinity War sold last year. And it also outstrips uh, pre-sale for Star Wars The Last Jedi. Fandango also reported strong sales. And some ticket buying sites, such as AMC, crashed due to the high volume. Uh, Disney's Adventures Endgame opens on uh, April 26th. I finally went and saw Captain Marvel last night yes. in preparation for this. So I'm all caught up and ready to go. And you agreed with our review that it's a good step towards yeah. the Endgame. Yeah. yeah. Definitely not uh, one of my favorites of the series, but I'm happy I went. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. And uh, now I, I know she's going to be a part of this last movie. So I'm glad I got uh, all up to speed on it. Yeah, the excitement level is unbearable at this point. Unbearable. unbearable. Dude, yeah. April alone could be the greatest month in history uh, <laughs> because we have the final season of Game of Thrones coming out. Uh, we have Endgame coming out this Endgame, month. Endgame, yes. Uh, I believe, for me personally, Handmaid's Tale, which my wife and I are way into, is coming out again this month, too, the third season. So, Trey Anastasio is releasing an album. Oh, my God. Holy <laughs> hell. No, there's a lot of good entertainment coming up this month alone. And so. Hasselhoff's playing the Berlin Dome. No. Yeah. What? Berlin Dome? I made that up. Okay. Uh, so let's get into Kardashian land. Oh, no! Jenner and Kardashian land. So we'll start with Jenner. Kylie and Jordan Woods, uh, they've been on the fritz since that whole cheating scandal with Tristan Thompson. While Kylie, We're on the fritz. While Kylie <laughs> booted Jordan from her guest house and Jordan's professional relationship with all of the Kardashian clan. Get out. Uh, Kylie and Jordan's friendship status has remained unclear. Multiple uh. sources claiming that they'd heal their rift as soon as the scandal died down, and that time might be sooner than expected, judging from... Jordan's mom, Elizabeth Woods, recent comment on Kylie's Instagram post. Oh. I need, I need to, I need to vomit. Here I go. need to vomit so badly. Uh, it's the only reason I bring this stuff up is just to irritate you guys. Yeah. So her, so Jordan's mom's mom. comment, comment on, on her Instagram post. Kylie's Instagram. Kylie's post. Instagram. Post. She shared a shot of Stormy and Elizabeth. Li- listen to this. Elizabeth left heart emojis in the comment section. <laughs> I mean, well, that's that, all you need to know. That isn't a clear indication. I think that would hold up in a court of law. That we're headed to the sunny side <laughs> of the street, and I don't know what is. So that comes after Jordan. After Jordan liked the shot of Stormy walking around with <laughs> Travis Scott. Would you? Could you ever imagine a world where your dad would leave heart emojis on an Instagram post? Where my dad, World War II veteran, would put "ha ha heart heart" right. crying. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, the shot that Elizabeth liked, by the way, included a serious sick handbag. Sick. According to Cosmo's review. See what Kylie posted? It's sick. Of recent Insta posts, it appeared that little Stormy has a purse collection worth roughly $20,000, including wow. Louis Vuitton, Birkin, and uh, Jacques Emma. Look at Jordan Woods' mom's. Is that is that a fake boobage action? Probably. Yeah. There's something fake in there. I don't know. There's but a Preston, lot of fake. Are they tagging the bags in these... Uh... In these uh, the I didn't check to see if they tagged the bag. If you don't tag the bag, you're for, <laughs> that is a huge social if you don't, media faux pas. If you don't tag the bag, you've sucked the bag. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile. you got to tongue flick the bag at least. In Chloe's world. <laughs> Tickle when, the bag. When oh. she appeared on uh, Jimmy Kimmel with her sister, uh, Courtney and Kim, her sisters, I should say, <laughs> things got a tad awkward when Jimmy asked her if she just stopped dating basketball players. And uh, Chloe said, uh, or, or Jimmy said, I do want to ask. About uh, this character that you had a baby with, is it time to stop dating basketball players? Coco said, "Coco, I guess. What the hell is it?" Coco said, uh, "I don't know. You know, uh, I like what I like. What can I say?" You like morons. Chloe was also asked if she enjoys basketball. Uh, and responded, uh, I don't play basketball. I just like to observe basketball games. It's the whole thing of it all. I like to observe mm-hmm. basketball competitions. Yes. So she's clearly a, an arch fan of right, basketball. Yeah. It's yeah. the whole thing of it all. It's so stupid. Okay, now, I love this. So Courtney oh my God. launched a um, uh, her daughter Penelope. All right, so here's the deal. She launched a beauty and lifestyle website on Tuesday morning, and it's called, listen to this name. Did you hear this? No, I did no. not. Poosh. Poosh? That sounds, sounds like, like another name for queef. It's, it's exactly what, look what I wrote down. Right here, Casey. I was thinking the same I wrote the thing. word queef right here. <laughs> I, just po- I just pooshed. Poosh. Poosh. Wow. That's more than a queef. A name. It's a poosh. Yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. Hello. It's like the uh, wait, wait. The, the intel sign sound, you know? That Boosh. one. Right, exactly. Yeah. How, are you, how are you spelling it? P- how do you think it sounds? Well, I is it P-O-U-S-C-H? No. Oh, okay. It's P-O-O-S-H. Boosh, the escape of air from your love box. It says it all. Boosh. Huh. Punctuate that if you would, please. Thank you. <laughs> push. Can you do that after you say push? Oh, yeah. sorry. A breath of air that escapes your love box. Boosh. <laughs> I mean, that really is uh, that. Well, Boosh. who knows? Boosh. Well, I mean, how about Biff? Like... So, how about Biff? <laughs> so, it, Biff. Biff for women. I... <laughs> Biff. <laughs> From the makers of Poosh and Queef. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, I, I guess Goop kind of got it yes. started, and, and now it's Poosh, Splooge. And Queef, and Splooge. Jig Jeel. Schmegma. Yeah. Perjanger. Perjanger. Now, now we got to stick with the, the single soul. Oh, I'm right. sorry. I got off of there with the... Uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, the, went in the wrong direction. Poosh. By the way, that's Penelope's nickname, her daughter Penelope's nickname. Oh, that's why God. they're naming it Poosh. Who stuck with that one? Uh, it's intended to educate, motivate, create, and curate. And nauseate. A modern lifestyle achievable by all. Wait, who's Penelope? The daughter, the daughter. of Courtney Kardashian. Oh, Courtney. Oh, the, okay. The one that went... Poosh. Poosh. Uh, in an Poosh. In, in an interview with uh, Women's Word... The air escaping a woman's private parts. Poosh. <laughs> Ooh, organic wines to try. 
Dude. Kathy's already sold on Poosh. <laughs> uh, in an interview with Women's Wear... I'm pushing right now. I'm when it, Women's Wear Daily, she elaborated, the modern woman, in my opinion... <laughs> Do you want to come over and push? We'll have a girls' night. We'll have oh, a push party. We can push together. Everyone slip off your panties. <laughs> Time to push. Oh, Kathy, that was a good push. Now, who can blow out the candle? They sit a candle in the middle of the room Steve, with their legs akimbo. Well, they yeah, they, they'll sit on the couch and grab yeah. their ankles. Yeah. Let's see who can put out the candle. If you do, you win a basket of cheer. <laughs> Kathy wins! Yay! Organic wine. Organic, Organic wine. wine. Hmm, Kathy, have you been having cinnamon? <laughs> I can smell it across the room. Steve, do you have one if uh, if Chloe stopped by? Oh, with, yeah. What the poosh would sound like? <laughs> We could do a half hour on this easily, but uh, I, listen. The one okay. So there's these 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 self-serving, self-aggrandizing expressions of their own avarice uh, is just disgusting. Well, listen, mm. and organic wine. I, I I would maybe take her suggestion and try it. But one of the blogs on here is the sugar escape ways to cut the carbs. Just just hear me out. All right. Switch from soda to tea. Cut down on alcohol. Bring your own snacks. Make your own salad dressing. Like no, Way to lose your no tan. Kidding. Go inside in the dark. So are you saying that we should stop drinking soda? Way to get from point A to point B. Try using an automobile. Like it's not like, do you know what I mean? That's that's so general and, and yeah. dumb. Yeah. I'm pretty but sure this, everyone look, knows look, that. Think of the targeted audience. Yeah. Exactly. Think, yes. Of course, they're th- they're seeing those, Kathy, as revelations. Yep. Cut down on alcohol. You no. mean if I stop eating ice cream all day, I'll lose weight? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so she elaborated saying the modern woman, in my opinion, is somebody who cares about the planet, cares about what we're putting in our bodies <laughs> from the inside out and just doing our best without feeling judged. It's a sound that starts in the mid-abdomen. <laughs> Do our best and with exits through the cooter. Wow. Uh, just doing our best without feeling judged for not being perfect. From the makers of Biff. Listen, listen. <laughs> we used to say that in the 1980s. Dude, I just biffed. You know, my wife had a, had a friend named Biff, and I've always wanted to name a dog Biff, but I can't because her friend's name is Biff. Not yes, you can. I know. But it'd be I weird know. if your dog had the same a name deep, as... deep divide in your marriage if you can't name your dog Biff as a friend. What a Biff. My cousin was Biffy growing up. That's oh, what we Biffy. called her. Biff. Okay. Now Biff. Splooge. Uh, so anyhow, I'm, I'm moving on. But listen, listen to that last comment, though. Just doing our best without feeling judged for not being perfect. Uh, this from a Kardashian whose whole... Air is to be perfect. Perfection. That's why they have a staff that doctors their social media photos. Mm-hmm. But they are judged quite often. Uh, I don't. I don't begrudge them their success. Yeah. I just think, and we have the right to be nauseated by their. Oh, they're yeah, yeah, constantly yeah. going to the same well. Yeah. All right. Uh, a couple other things. It's going to be short on stories today, gang. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio seems to be the Golden State's golden boy after the film he is co-starring in with Brad Pitt. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Uh, was awarded $18 million from California's $330 million annual incentives program. The news came down the pike that uh, his Appian Way shingle 
has snagged $18.5 million for the live-action version of Akira from Warner Brothers. Wow. I, mean, I don't know what all this means. So Akira yeah. is the is the, the classic uh, Japanese animated movie, okay. and they're doing a live-action version of it? Uh, the fil- I don't know. The film is uh, set to work exclusively in California and is projected to generate $43 million in wages to 200 below the line crew members and 5,000 extras in 71 days of filming. I guess they're going to make some decent money and spread it around a little yeah. bit. Is well, the here, gist of and Appian Way is his uh, production company. Okay. So here's the deal. Uh, they've obviously years ago chased a lot of film production out of Hollywood by not giving them tax in- tax incentives and breaks. And that's why they go to Vancouver and that's why they go to Georgia. Yeah. And now they're trying to get it back. That's why the, the Greater Philadelphia Film Office, which I'm a, a board member of, fights really, really hard to try to get tax credits in Pennsylvania so we can get the movie shot here. There are Shazam takes place in, in Philadelphia, and they shot for one day. How disgusting here. is that? Because it's too expensive. How so, disgusting is that? He's disgusted by that, people. Disgusted. All right, so anyhow, uh, Cook County judge may rule in the coming weeks on whether or not the files in Empire Star Jesse Smollett's <laughs> Case will be unsealed. Lawyers for several media organizations filed motions seeking to make the records public because of the national attention uh, to the case and the prosecutor's sudden and unexpected decision last week to drop all charges in the case. I think, Preston, they were they were hoping that there would be one way this would break in in pop culture and there would be a lot of people rallying to Jussie's defense. But now the tides have turned. SNL did a full bit. Did you guys see it over the weekend? Apparently, Jesse, and then uh, uh, who was on Fallon the other night, and then you, you had Chris Rock commenting on the whole right, thing. Right. So, mm-hmm. so now I think they're sort of incited to say, "All right, maybe we need to look at this and what went wrong." Smollett's lawyers asked Judge Stephen Watkins to seal all the records in the case. Prosecutors uh, issued no objections. Watkins complied, but on Tuesday, Watkins said that uh, that would be decided in writing around May twenty third. So they are still. Looking into whether or not they will allow those to be seen or not. <laughs> in the in the bed, Preston. So the guy who's playing Jesse comes in and he says, "I was just attacked." And they were, he says, the, "I don't know who these guys were, but they left these letters." And he takes out these huge red K, K's, three K's. Oh yeah, puts them on the table, and everyone's going, "Oh okay." Um, ratings for the season nine finale of The Walking Dead took a big hit uh, with Sunday's The Storm. Uh, having pulled in 5 million viewers overall and 2.4 million in the 18 to 49 demographic for a 1.9 rating. Uh, the Walking Dead fell to an all-time uh, final low with the March 31st uh, Greg Nicotero-directed episode Deadline uh, Deadline reports this. Uh, compared to Season 8's finale, there was a 37% drop in viewers. I've I've got like five episodes backlogged. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm all caught it up. It has not, be, it's not a priority for me anymore. No. It used to be, I, and I, which is too bad. I like it a lot. Loved it, but yeah. I, and I'll get to it, but it's not, I need to be up on it now. Yep, that's where I am, and I think a lot of people are that way, Steve. Netflix is bringing the Umbrella Academy back for a second season. They had to. Um, yeah, I my family and I love, love, love this show. Uh, Ellen Page, Tom Hopper, uh, David Castaneda, uh, Emmy <laughs> Raver Lap- Lap- Lampman, uh, Robert Sheehan, Aiden Gallagher, and Justin Min are all set to return for the sophomore season, which will consist of 10 episodes. Mary J. Blige is not returning. What? She is great in it. Yeah. And to be honest, the first few episodes, I didn't even know that was her. I'm used to seeing her with sunglasses on yeah, all yeah, the yeah. time. And I'm like, who is that gal? She's really good. And I look at that actress. Son of a bitch. Yeah. She's great in it. She will. Uh, she only had a one-year contract. Uh, additional stars will be announced at a later date, as will the return date for the second season. So that's coming up. And then one last thing. 
Meghan Markle is back on social media. Uh, yeah! The, the Duchess of Sussex had to delete her personal social media accounts before her May wedding to Prince Harry per royal protocol, but she and her hubby are back on the gram, much to the delight of their fan base. Uh, the timing shortly before the firstborn is due couldn't be better. Now, the handle, when I first look at this, uh, at the screen name, I thought it said Sexy Royal. I'm like, wow. <laughs> that's a little... Yeah. Uh, that's a it's a it's a little progressive for the royal family. It's Sussex Royal. Okay, sexy royal. Yeah, the pusher just, at first glance. Uh, the push. Uh, source tells people that the pair will use the account for work and personal moments. Sexy uh, royal. They captioned their very first post, post, which was a text photo with their royal monogram. It said, "Welcome to our official Instagram." We look forward to sharing the work that drives us, the causes we support, important announcements, and the opportunity to shine a light on key issues. Uh, we thank you. In for other words, an incredibly boring site. Yeah, we thank you for your support and welcome you to Sexy Royal. Sexy Royal. Uh, Sussex Royal. Do you notice uh, something with Instagram, by the way? That they uh, so they they are they tend to be a little bit more restrictive than Twitter or had been. But now just the slightest blur yep. on a picture will get them okay for Instagram. Yeah. So you just basically blur out a nipple. Ask yeah. intern Mars. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. I mean, the slightest, thinnest, almost unperceptible little good to blur go now. is good to go yeah. for nipple pics. Also, a painting of a, of a nipple is totally fine. Really? If, yeah, sure. I mean, if you post a, uh, a nude painting, that's cool. If you post an actual photo of a nipple, you're a bad person. Whatever. What if you uh, superimpose? Rotoscope. Yeah. Yeah. I got nipple you. On an actual. You probably get away with it. Yeah. There's, believe it or not, a pretty um, valid movement that's called "Free the Nipple," and uh, and they take it to Instagram because people are a bit offended by the fact that you can't post a nipple on Instagram. It's mm-hmm. fairly well, a female nipple. You, yeah, you know? that's yeah. the other thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. put a man on the moon. You can't post a nipple. Bert on Instagram. Kreischer can uh, post all the nipples you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, we're ready for clips, gang. Let's do them. Now in his fifth season, Jane the Virgin follows a young mother navigating through life as she was accidentally inseminated. In this clip, Gina Rodriguez talks about how the character changed after her husband's death. I never even knew that's what that show was about. Yeah. Here's the clip. Now she's maybe a little more cynical. She's not as naive. She sadly doesn't believe in romance the way she did before. She understands her judgmental side, and she's not a fan of it. To have that is kind of nice. I think that the older we get, we start to reflect on our character and think about the things that we we would prefer to be as a better version of ourselves, what we need to work on. I think we do that as human beings, and I really wanted to do that for I Jane. Don't, I, don't wanna, I don't think I want to see it. She was accidentally inseminated? Yeah, I, I don't know. Five years, five seasons in, and I'm way behind, folks, but I didn't know that. I'm sure you're going to binge the entire series. (laughs) Of course I am. Jane the Virgin airs tonight, 9 o'clock on the CW. Let's do the next clip. After moving to a rural area, a doctor and his wife discovered a mysterious burial ground deep in the woods in Pet Cemetery in the reboot. And here, Jete Lawrence, I don't know if that's how you pronounce. Joey. It's (laughs) J-E-T-E. Uh, Jet or Jette, I don't know, uh, explains what she knew about the original content before the filming. I knew Stephen King wrote it, but I think that's pretty much what I knew him from. Uh, I didn't really see, like, the movie. I didn't read the book because I think when I'm acting, my imagination kind of, like, takes over. I get really excited when I'm acting, so I think if I saw the original, I might not have as many, like, creative ideas. Shut up, dummy. Oh, my God, how cute does she sound? How cute does she sound? And she's going to be an evil, deranged killer in this movie. Oh, she's Gage? No, she's not Gage. She's not? No, no, the Gage's the boy. 
Oh, see, I thought they were changing it up. I thought maybe they might have a girl. No, remember there was a little annoying girl in the first one, and then there was um, she. They go. The mom goes away um, with the daughter. Um, for, I forget whatever the, the machinations are of the story, and then then when they return, uh, by that time the dad has reburied, buried, yeah, yeah in the pet cemetery, uh, right, and it doesn't go well. Uh, pet cemetery is in theaters this Friday, by the way. So that is coming up. In fact, we have a screening tonight. Why don't we give away some passes? I'll take five callers, and you'll be able to go to the UA Riverview. Uh, you need to be there by seven o'clock. Screening starts at seven thirty. Two one five two six three WMMR. We'll do it. We have a secret text word today. Pit tickets, your chance to win. Text word secret three nine three three three. We have a thousand dollars to start with here on the Preston and Steve Show with GoFundU two. Uh, that'll be coming up at eight o'clock. We're going on Fox Good Day. We have some in studio performances and more. There's a lot happening. Stay with us. We'll be right back. So your cash flows low and you need some dough and I'm like. Fund you. MMRs fund you too. Your shot at $1,000 cash five times a day. Hey, fund you. Hey, fund you too. Weekdays, tune in at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. as well as 1, 4, and 6 p.m. to hear the hour's winning keyword. We give you 15 minutes to enter it via the MMR app on your mobile device, the contest page at WMMR.com, or text it to the short code 45911. One random entry wins 1000 bucks in cash. We want to... Fund you. MMRs, fund you too. Five chances to win a grand. Weekdays at 8 a.m., 11 a.m., 1 p.m., 4 p.m., and 6 p.m. All the details and contest rules at WMMR.com. Brought to you by A&T Subaru. Subarus really do cost less in Sellersville. And by 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Uh, I got a text, and uh, boy, I feel for this person. It says, yesterday I literally ripped my finger open. Ooh. Now I have stitches, and it hurts. No one is giving me sympathy. Aww. Poor bastard. You son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> well, we are here to give you sympathy. Yeah, man, that sucks. So, sorry to hear that, man. Especially if it's your flipping the bird finger. Yeah, what do you do? Yeah. After you got to manually lift it up? I guess so. That's not really. right. So anyway, hope you feel better. Hope you're on the mend. We have this to do real quick. It's time for Preston and Steve's Daily Rush we're into the stupid 16 now and uh, facing off against each other this hour. We are highlighting Steve is the god of hellfire against Wigapalooza. See, now's the time. You got to start making your decisions. This is where it gets really difficult. I can't call this. I know. I know. So let me play the clips. This is uh, Steve is the god of hellfire. I am the god of fire and I have something to say. Fire makes a barbecue swell. Fire, it's not just for hell. Fire, <laughs> it's great for cooking beans. <laughs> By the way, the the guy who did that song originally, Arthur Brown. I actually have him coming up in music news later. Arthur this morning. Brown. Mm-hmm. I'll get those details later on. And then we had Wigapalooza. And thank you, Marissa, for getting different clips uh, for the Stupid 16. I appreciate that. Here's the next clip for you, Wigapalooza. Okay. The color is better on this. Yes. I, think I, like, I like the dark. Hey, I'll help. <laughs> you, do, you look like a stock boy a little right, bit. Right, yeah. I'll get that for you, Mr. Jones. <laughs> what do you want me to do with the canoe? Just put it in the back. I'll move that around for you, Mr. Jones. <laughs> Can I take lunch now? <laughs> Every wig has to have a voice. Right, yeah. <laughs> Steve is trying on a variety of wigs. It's one of the videos that you need to see yeah. in order to get the gist of it all. So 
We're trying to determine per your votes which is your favorite Daily Rush video, and that's available now. Just go to WMMR.com, click on the Daily Rush banner, and that will take you to the voting section and the videos that you can watch. And, of course, you can get entered to win the grand prize, which is uh, all of the shows in the for the rest of the year at uh, Punchline Philly. So get on board. They are the fine sponsors of Daily Rush Madness. And we have eight matchups today that we're going to be <laughs> highlighting. So we'll do those uh, as we go through the morning. Um, I should clean out the drawer Ooh. of junk today because I've got a number of things. A lot of junk in the drawer that are worth getting to, but we maybe don't have time to spend an entire break on. This is a really interesting story. Steve, you had uh, sent this to me a couple of days ago. Uh, US, uh, USA Today reports that Alaska's Denali, which used to be for um, Mount McKinley. Mount McKinley, thank you. Uh, the tallest mountain in North America harbors apparently 66 tons of frozen human feces oh, good Lord. left behind by decades worth of hikers. So, and this is, uh, as Nick had pointed out with Kilimanjaro and other popular mountains like this, this is common. Even on Everest, apparently, uh-huh. there's just loads of crap yeah. from from hikers and not, not as much uh, serious climbers on Everest, obviously. Did you see turds when you were oh, at yeah. Mount I, Kilimanjaro? I left turds. Yeah. Did you really? Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know. That's what you got to do. When you got to go. But um, it's. Uh, I think Everest is probably worse uh, because of the sheer number of people who are right. are on it, especially at base camp uh, and uh, on Everest. Uh, and I guess apparently here on, on uh, Denali as well. One of the problems is um, not just human turd remains, but human remains. Uh, and thanks to climate change, the glacier uh, holding much of that crap is expected to start melting, potentially oh. creating a river of poop surfacing further down the mountain. Uh, scientists expect this melt to happen in the next couple of decades, but some speculate it could start as soon as this summer. That's old poop river. Uh, apparently, hikers have been aware of Denali's impending poop problem for some time now. Uh, the crap has been amassing since the 1970s, <clears throat> and not all of it is even frozen. Last year, a hiker said that at a campsite at 17,200 feet was like a cat box. Oh, my God. That Honestly, I love hiking, and even the notion of going up one of these lower uh, demanding climbs interests me. But I don't think I could put up with... Yeah, well, you I mean, know, it, it, a listen, nonstop crap pit. But after a while, the poop will stop to s- stop smelling. It'll still, stop still like all still. the stink will leave it, and it'll just be you know it's frozen poop. It's frozen then. though, case. Yeah. So, so does that mean it encapsulates the? Stink? I think all that stuff stays in there until it thaws out. All the good stuff. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> the gooey center. Oh, the gooey center uh, of your frozen poopsicle. The 2007 uh, in 2007, the National Park Service started uh, requiring hikers to gather and keep their crap in clean mountain cans, but uh, they were permitted to dump the cans atop the uh, uh, Cal. Uh, Cal Glacier. I don't know how you pronounce it. I, I don't think that should be the case. They should not be allowed to dump it on the Cowabunga Glacier or whatever um, it is. If they're below 15,000 feet. When that glacier melts, though, another crap river begins. 66 tons of crap. Yeah. The uh, In fact, Michael Loso, the national, a National Park Service uh, glaciologist, told USA Today, we have, we've lost more glacier cover in the Alaskan National Parks than there is area in the whole state of Rhode Island. Uh, one of the consequences of warming temperatures is that the surface of the glacier is melting more quickly, he said. Uh, the good news is hikers are now voluntarily carrying their crap off the mountain, thanks in part to a National Park Service policy 
mandating that hikers below 14,000 feet keep their waist with them yeah. until they've completed their climb. How could they not have seen that years ago, that this would be an issue with, yeah. uh, yeah, I'm, we'll just crap all over the mountain. <laughs> I, it's Yeah, maybe a little bit of foresight. Yeah, or at least pick one mountain that you crap on right. and then go over to the other mountain. I, yeah. When I, I uh, climbed up Mount Washington this past summer and I didn't, plan on having to go to the bathroom. In fact, the day we climbed, we weren't even supposed to climb. We were actually supposed to climb the next day. Right. Uh, but we just went to go sort of check it out. And you got and swept up. I, well, kind of. Yeah. You know what, Steve? We, we got to a certain point where it was it was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. And so we got about halfway up. And I said, you know, I, I don't want to have to do this all over again. That was so hard. Yeah. So, so we just sort of kept going. But so where'd a, you crap? I crapped. Probably at about five thousand feet. Okay, and and it, I wasn't prepared to take it with me. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun to watch it fall five thousand feet off the side of a cliff. Though, I didn't it? cut it down. Oh, the... okay. I'm <laughs> sorry. It becomes like yeah. a press like an avalanche. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 what started as a little dump destroys an entire town mm-hmm. at the base. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyhow, they're they're concerned about when it when it eventually melts that uh, that'll be a river of human feces. So at this point, Casey, when you did the, the Colorado River and everything, there's got to be a state of the art sort of system by which you can extract your feces from these campsites to keep them right. Yeah, it's well, called I, a bag. state of the art. Bag it in and bag it out. I Isn't mean, there it, something a little bit like, like that will hold the smell or perhaps be a little bit more compact? Basically, you have two options: either dig a cat hole or uh, carry it in and carry it out. I mean, and it's. It's gross to have to carry your poop in and out, but yeah. it's, it's probably gross. Not probably. It's grosser to leave turds on the side of the mountain, and and not because you're not just doing that yeah. for yourself. You're doing that for everybody else who's coming up the mountain after you. Or hover your ass over a cliff and just take a dump. Wow, that was a, that was a big one. Yeah. What's worse, finding on the side of a mountain a, a bunch of frozen crap or a dead body? A dead body. Dead body. Dead body. That would inside be that very dead, disturbing. What's inside that? that dead body is a whole bunch of crap. Oh, that's yeah. true. I didn't even think about the horror of that. <laughs> All right, uh, something else from the junk drawer. By the way, these are stories that uh, kind of sit around for a little while, and if I don't get to them, they just get thrown in the trash. Like so piles of crap. I, I may as well uh, pass them along. This was from last week, and we never got a chance to get to it, but you guys saw that footage of Pope Francis yeah. pulling his hand away as the faithful attempted to perform a traditional sign of respect, which is kissing his ring. And uh, so he would he there, it like person after person he was pulling his hand away, and he was partially doing it to move things along. Yeah, uh, which uh, what, come on, dude. which is what he likes to do when there's when there's big crowds. Fake out. Uh, but it has divided some opinion on the uh, in the church. But a Vatican aide said that he had been amused by all the reaction, adding that the ring kissing sometimes he likes it, sometimes he doesn't. It's really as simple as that. I think I would. Yeah. The notion of having all those people. <laughs> now, mind you, he goes around and washes uh, the people's feet. You know, yeah. so he's yeah, yeah. He, he won't get he'll get down and dirty when he needs to. Sure. But have yeah. some slobbering person kissing your hand every seven seconds. Yeah, I don't. I, the, the kissing the ring thing. No. I've always thought is if kinda, you really loved me on the lips. Uh, <laughs> I just thought it was pretty antiquated. But when when he's pulling his hand away, it's almost like. Uh, you know, when you go in to kiss, yeah. give somebody a kiss on the lips and then they turn their cheek, uh-huh. uh, or, oh. or a bad handshake, you know, or something like that. I guess that. it's that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, or you go in for a hug and they're, they more want a handshake type of thing. It's <laughs> that awkward 
bizarre little moment. Yeah, we're watching the video of this. Thing. Listen, and they kind of, they're all kind of just like looking yeah. at him like, oh, oh. Yeah, okay. they take a glance at him like, oh, I did that. Okay, that was weird. <laughs> he keeps pulling it away. Listen, I like you, but uh, not that way. <laughs> yeah. like, can we just be friends? Yeah. That's like when anyone comes in to, to give me a kiss, I full-on give them the side of my I've had, like, my ear kissed, I mean, my I, hair. I've, I've seen it happen. Uh, <laughs> Kathy does a good deflection where they... Uh, I go in they, right away with, yeah. like, the head turn. I, I say hello to you like this. Yeah, I, I'm to the point now, now, with the, the, the kissing thing, I'll... Obviously, you just kind of let that go. But but if a handshake goes bad, I immediately am like, we have to do that again. Yep. I can't. Me too. That's just This bad. is awkward, and yeah. we'll regret this for the, maybe not now, but someday and for the rest of our lives. Yeah, you just regret that whole, what, was that a thing? What, you know? That must yeah. be a guy thing, right? Well, yeah, it, I think it is because you can go in for kind of the, uh, uh, the bro shake. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to the traditional handshake. Uh, and if and if you go in for for the bro shake because you think you're you're you you have a relationship you're you're closer and the other person doesn't really yeah. jive. Oh, with that. it happened the other day. Hey, it happened the other day. I was I was going in for a high five to Brian Prop and we ended up playing patty cake. Oh, you did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> it's, uh, that's weird too. The it's high weird. five yeah, thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that and and also the the fist bump versus the yeah. high five. Sometimes you end up. Uh, mainly Caucasian people, you try to you, <laughs> oh, dude. you fist bump, the other one high fives, and you end up punching their hand, their palm. Yeah. Uh, and I've done that many, many Yo, times. So- and then when you realize you made the mistake and you're going to switch, one guy goes to palm, <laughs> the other guy goes to fist, and then you just did the same thing in reverse. Yep, it's it's awesome. It's Miss Mary Mac, 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 all dressed in black, 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 black <laughs> with silver button, button, button. Uh, so he is, uh, I guess from time to time, um, uh, doesn't want to, uh, to have you kiss the ring, which by the way, isn't, uh, it's not a holy relic no. uh, that he's wearing. It's, it's a, a ball for high school ring. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> just high school graduation. Oh, ring. Yeah, I think yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait ball, a ball for, is that the company? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but it's, uh, it's just Look a... Look at this, a graduated Conestoga. Well, I don't know what ever happened to mine. <laughs> Go Pioneers. Your, your class ring? Yeah. Yeah. Mine are in a box next to my bed. How could I have lost that? Did you? you ever, did you ever wear it much? I don't think I ever wore it. Right. There's only I never got one because I knew or I'd never maybe, wear it. I'm not a ring wearer. I'll have to ask my mom. Maybe and I those are, those are annoying rings. They're, They're big. thick and they catch on everything. Yeah. I always have to think about streamlining, like my Apple Watch and all that. I, I, I yeah. like it lean and mean because yep. I will I will break it off or snap my finger off. You know who wears their class ring all the time? <laughs> Pituation. Pituation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Rodney. Oh. Yeah, Rodney was a class ring. That's yeah. his high school ring? Yeah. Oh, I always thought that was like a firefighter thing or something like huh. that. Hey, did we ever Is that talk your to firefighter ring? Well, oh, I didn't know. I mean, he's you know he's a, he's a diehard hey, firefighter. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Rodney Bird, would you approach the podium to receive your firefighter ring? <laughs> I would imagine that uh, you can get a firefighter ring. <laughs> I'm gonna see. Probably. I know. Where's my firefighter ring? I've been fighting fires for seven years, and everyone's got a ring but me. Maybe like class rings were <laughs> an important thing back in the day. I will not make my children if they don't want a, a class ring in high school. I'm not going to make them get it because I know. I know mine just didn't get any use yep. whatsoever. You Rochelle, know, what people Rochelle do is making sure that that our that our kids get them, and I'm like, you're never going to wear it. But never going to wear it. Go ahead. Do they have a necklace option? Uh, they have like a, I, like a, not that I know right. of. Not yeah. for girls? Mm. For guys even. I've seen yeah. guys wear their high school rings <laughs> on a chain. How about a belt buckle? Yeah. You know? yes. but, but that, or a C-ring. With, with that big blue 
jewel, whatever that yeah. fake jewel is sure. that's in there. <laughs> like an Elvis. But, right. There's a fire department ring. Rodney will be here later so we can ask him about it. I, you um, know what it has in a case? It has an attachment so you can hook a hose up to it. <laughs> No, and like nice. the Wonder Twins shoot water out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, question now, uh, college. Yeah. I have a college ring. You have a college ring? Yeah, it's okay. got my like fraternity letters on the side. My high school ring, guys, because I dove in high school. Uh, there's a guy in the pike position, and it literally just looks like there's a guy bent over just presenting himself to somebody for <laughs> for entry. Take oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay, I thought you were going to say filleting himself. Yeah. No, I is have that, a necklace. Is that a hemorrhoid? <laughs> You have a necklace? I had the necklace of that same pike physician. Really? Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's a weird thing to put on a piece of jewelry re- re- ready to receive butt yeah. action. Here you go, boys. Yeah. I didn't yeah, think it was the diver in school. Uh, if you notice, my glutes are especially taut. Uh, yeah, it's the LG Balfour Company, uh, Steve. Balfour. How did Balfour, the year, it's been for decades, secure the official... Ring provide, you know, no. that's all you ever, I've never seen another ring provide <laughs> ha- school, yeah. uh, you know, rings and jewelry no, or no, sanctioned no. rings and jewelry. The uh, hell? So anyhow, apparently that's Pope Francis's ring. It's a Balfour High School. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Stop. Stop. High school senior that's ring. Great. That was uh, in the diving team. <laughs> Uh, by the way, some people in the uh, in the Vatican, or here's David Gibson, director of Fordham's Center on Religion and Culture, said this tradition is of, of kissing the ring is simply a throwback to an imperial uh, monarchical uh, era that the papacy mimicked. If it served a purpose at one time, it may not now serve any longer. Uh, the popes are no longer crowned. Like they used to be, so it was kind of mimicking the monarchy, and it doesn't exist anymore. And they don't that do way. that anymore. Yeah. I, I think do they still do uh, capo ring kisses in the mafia? You think? Uh, well, I don't know. Probably, maybe, maybe yeah. it's certain ceremonies or something like that. I don't really know. San uh, Luca You know what? I don't think we ever talked to Jay Wright about meeting the Pope last year. He he got to we, go. We did. Did I think we? we yeah. Did, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did he kiss the ring? That's a good question. Not really. He sure. said they they danced to tango. Oh, they yeah. did. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> You're a very handsome man. But you play again basketball. Listen, you got to talk about something. I you're... hear you were victorious in Papa Shop. Oh, you're dancing. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Pope knows about <laughs> yeah, the... Yeah, yeah. Our Papa Shop challenge. Six challenge. Okay. Uh, let's see what else we got here. In the, in the junk drawer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, this sounds so cool. Uh, the world's deepest swimming pool opens in Poland later this year. Can I guess? Sure. Six and a half feet? Uh, you've seen the story. No. Uh, complete with underwater caves and overhangs. Wow. You will be able to go as low as <coughs> 45 meters. That's about no 100, 150 feet. So that is deep. Diving. Indoor structure. So, uh, Preston, there was a tank uh, or a, a tank that they had set up for people who do the, uh, where they hold their breath to train them. Free diving. Free diving. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is even deeper than that one, obviously. This will be the deepest in the world. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, it's currently under construction, less than 30 miles from Warsaw. About 1,100 tons of steel are being used to reinforce its structure, which includes a simulated blue hole, which plunges down to the deepest part of the pool. 150 feet. Yeah, man, that's 
that's down there. So I you, mean, for for divers, it's you know they can certainly go deeper than that. But for an indoor structure, that's huge. So you're you're certified as a mm-hmm. diver. Claire is. My wife dives, um, you know, a couple times a year, and loves it. But she says that first time when you're down at a depth like 60, 70 feet, yep. and you look up and you see the surface, it's like, oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty wild when you yeah. look up. And the deepest I've ever been is around like 50 feet, Yeah, uh, which is deep enough for me. Oh, yeah, know, yeah. How are have... your ears at that point? You have to do what's called listen. equalize on okay. the way down. So you have to you have to pinch your nose and, and blow out. And sure. as you go, if you do it, you know, every now and then as you go down, they're fine. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the you deepest... do push, though. <laughs> yeah, you push every now and then. No, the deepest I've ever been is, you know, 12 feet right. uh, in the deep end of, of, you know, the pool. What about uh, the ocean? Not even deeper than that? No. Never, you never went scuba? Never. You're not for scuba? <laughs> <laughs> not for scuba. <laughs> for scuba. I have snorkeled, uh, so... You know, but there's only huh. so far you can go down with your, you know, not your, unless your, your you use a elected. thirty foot snorkel. Yeah, <laughs> but you love to swim and dive. I'm just I, I'm surprised. Love, I, well, that's why I'm like, man, I, I think I guess I'm going to Poland because I want to go. <laughs> you know, it's interesting about uh, about diving. The things you learn and physiologically, what's happens to your body when all that pressure and, and nitrogen and things that get into your blood. It's it's really interesting because you, when you become certified, you do have to learn about those things to pass the test. Um, and when we were uh, taking dive, drive instruction, Steve, you mentioned a, a 30-foot um, snorkel. Yeah. Um, but they were telling us that, you know, you know when, when you breathe with the snorkel and you're at the surface and you, and you breathe in, it's, you have to put a little effort into taking air in. Mm-hmm. And if you were to go down, say, like three feet and use a three-foot long uh, snorkel, yeah, yeah. you can't breathe in. Yeah. Right. There's too much weight too much, yeah. of the water pushing on you. Oh, really? That's why the regulators, the regulator forces air into your lungs. It's pumping air out. And it reads the pressure where you are. It's it's a sophisticated piece of oh. equipment. And it will use the proper amount of pressure to push that air, that compressed air, into your lungs. If you were to try to go down and use a, a long snorkel, you wouldn't be able to breathe in at all. Your oh. body's not strong enough. Your muscles aren't strong enough what? to take the air in. Deep sea divers, what you've seen in classic footage, they had, they had a, a tank that was pumping air down to them when they go into those diving right, 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 class. Yeah, the whole damn deal. So yeah. uh, I kind of feel about scuba diving as I do about uh, skydiving. I don't. I'm not going to. You're not going to do it. So. No. Don't have to. <laughs> yeah, I would scuba there. Because there's no sharks in that pool. Yeah. You know and do you I mean? know your odds of dying in a diving accident because of that? Zero. Oh, I don't care. Nah, yeah. I'm okay. Zero. I'll, I'll take it. No, I'm saying exactly. You're minimizing. I agree with you. Why risk it? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do some scuba this summer, and and uh, I haven't been in several years. So we have to go and do a refresher course to get back up to speed on that, but. I love it. It's a lot of fun. And you don't have to go down crazy deep, Kath. You can no. go down 30, 40 feet and still not have to worry about, you know, oh, my God, we're going to die because we're down this far. Do you know who loves you, it? The Pope. The Pope. Yeah. You learned around here, right? I did. Okay. Uh, Indian Valley Scuba was the place I went to. There are plenty of shops around. And you actually tested out in the same place where my wife did, Dutch Springs. It's a it's a quarry that's yeah. flooded. Yep. And they put, like, a helicopter and a, and fire trucks and stuff down there for you to kind of swim around. Yeah. yeah. All kinds of stuff. It, I think it goes down to, like, 90 feet, maybe, mm. at the very base wow. of it. Mm. Yeah, it's a big quarry that they flooded. It is freezing <laughs> cold because it comes from a cold spring. Yeah. Right. It mm. is insanely cold. Uh, anyhow, so the surrounding, there's going to be surrounding conference and training suites at this deepest pool in the world, uh, a hotel. Face painting? With rooms with a view. And once it opens, it will knock off the Italian 40 wide deep joy off the list that used to be the deepest. <gasps> oh, the son of a bitch is in Poland. And then uh, the deep spot, which is the name of this one uh, in Poland, will not hang on to the accolade 
uh, quite as long because an even deeper pool is expected to open in Britain in 2020, uh, currently being built in uh, Colchester. It's called the Blue Abyss, and that'll be 50 meters deep. So structurally, these cater to, do they cater to deep sea Training yeah. or yep. other because on yeah, a recreation, even, it's not like Great Wolf Lodge is going to put in a you know a you know a 150 foot deep pool. Yeah, yeah. and they uh, you know free divers can practice yeah, there yeah. and stuff like that. What about so, astronauts? Yeah. Uh, you know what? Maybe, probably. Yeah. They do astronaut training in pools mm-hmm. to get an, a feeling for uh, zero zero g. It's weird though. I you know I have a certain like feeling of freedom when I'm. In a in a deep part of a pool, like so. When I used to swim and stuff like that, yeah. I swam at Swarthmore College, and that was a gigantic pool. And sometimes, in the middle of like me doing my laps, I would just sink down to the bottom, just kind of hang there for yeah. however long I could hold my breath, minute, two minutes, something like that. And you know, I'm free. I, I don't kind of that way, right? Yeah, yeah. It's very. It's like a Floating. really serene feeling, and that's why, like you know, I would like to scuba for that reason alone. Right. Well, I that's just. A- I'm afraid of monsters. You know. <laughs> yeah. But just make sure you tell your instructor that that you're afraid of there's, actual monsters. There not- are concerns, but you know, like my wife has been around. Sharks and things like that. You know Balsaki over at Live Nation. He does the same thing as your wife. Yeah. And and I talked to him about it. And he has been around sharks. And I'm like, that's great. That's but they do eat people, right? They, they so I know they don't normally eat yeah. people, but but it's happened. But it has happened. Like, <laughs> and you know, maybe you're the kind of person they eat. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I just give off that over. Oh, look at that guy. Ooh. I think you ought to try what's called a resort dive. The next time that you guys go to uh, a resort somewhere, to, uh, you know, an island, nation, or wherever it may be, a lot of times there are dives that you can take without having to be certified. You do what's called a resort certification. It takes a couple hours. No, they... I want to get certified certified. Well, I understand yeah. that, but to try it out first and, yeah. and see if, if you do run into some monsters. A lot of, a lot of people do that, and <laughs> expressly for the reason that they want to first see the monsters. Yeah. Yes. Can you go to line one here, Preston? That's pretty wild. Uh, yeah, let me have uh, Kyle jump on. Hey, Kyle, good morning. Good morning. What's up, Kyle? Brock. Thanks, Thanks, buddy. I'm a commercial diver. Um, and the deepest dive I ever went on was 185 feet. We dug a tunnel underneath the Anacostia River down in Washington, D.C. In a, r- a river that's part- 185 feet deep? No, the river's not. They dug a tunnel, so okay. they had a, a boring machine. Uh, it's basically overflow for the wastewater down there because the, the plant's so old, every time it rains too much, it would overflow crap into the river. Oh, that's just wonderful. So 185 yeah. feet, what special precautions do you have to take for a dive that deep? They, they have to measure your depth and time very carefully because mm-hmm. when you're that deep, there's so much pressure on your body. You can only stay so long before you start getting worried about sicknesses like the bend, right. uh, pneumothoraxes, and, and all kinds of other problems that can occur. So our max bottom time was 45 minutes, but we only stayed and worked for about 40. It gave us five minutes to climb the rope back up. Kyle, we how... Were, uh, how long did it uh, did you take to come back up? Uh, so you have to come up at a certain rate, and yep. your your dive supervisor would be monitoring um, your depth level uh, through a pneumo gauge. It's a hose that they pump air to, and then the back pressure comes up and tells on the gauge how deep you are, which you keep at your chest. How, how long did it take for you to come from 185 feet back up to the surface? Uh, about five to six minutes. That's it? Five to six what? Yeah. Minutes. I thought you were going to say five to six I, I thought you had to come up and <laughs> stop come, for a while, hang out for a couple minutes, and then... Stop. Yeah, you have to stop. They, they do it. Stop and let the time catch up. Okay. Um, to, to let your the clock catch up to where you're at so you decompress. Then when you hit the surface, 
you have a very small window to get naked, basically. And the first time we did this was on the side of 295. You got to strip off all your gear, get all the way down naked, wrap a towel around yourself, and hop in a hyperbaric chamber, and they blow you back down the depth. That's why you came up so quickly. Okay. Interesting. Hey, what is your, your, um, I don't know, how do you word this? Uh, Like, how far in front of you could you see? Uh, so with that job in particular, pretty much nothing. We were working in the black. So we That's were using terrifying. a 20K pressure washer to cut concrete, uh, and it was all murky, and, and you just work blindfolded. Imagine construction work blindfolded underwater. I uh, politely say to that, F that. Yeah. How do you know what you're doing? Uh, um, you well, here's the big the secret. You right? don't. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing collapsed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is that is wild. <laughs> It's like uh, best in show. Here's the big secret: they all die. They all jump. Going to work sometimes, a little hungover from the last night out, because we were all making pretty good money and young back then. I'm 28 now; it's about 28, 21 at the time. So we're getting hammered the night before coming in hungover. You ride that chamber, instant hangover cure. Didn't matter how much you drank the night before. So all you need is one of those hyperbaric chambers. Wow. Yep. Interesting. Wow. All right, thanks, Cal. Uh, Kyle, that's a wild job. That's uh, it's considered a very dangerous. Oh job, my God! Uh, yeah. 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 By the way, that in so, radio. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Not to brag. Sound effects. Uh, so that was loud. Ow, my ear. This will be the deepest pool in the world when it is finished. 148 feet deep. That's not crazy, man. All right. Uh, anyhow, these are a few of the stories I wanted to pass along. I had some others to get to. Maybe we'll have a chance to sprinkle them throughout the program. I don't know. We have several guests that are going to be joining us, so I want to go ahead and uh, take a break now. Let's give away the last of the movie passes. Oh. I got two pair left for the screening uh, Pet Cemetery, which is tonight, by the way. Uh, the UA Riverview. It's at 730. You want to be there by 7 to get you a seat. 215-263-WMMR is the number. Call now. Two of them left. We will give them to you. When we return, your shot at $1,000, we're going live on Fox Good Day. We got the B-File. We have more matchups in Daily Rust Madness. And then our guests start arriving. We've got some great people on the program this morning. Uh, actor Thomas Lennon, hilarious. And amazing musician Antonio Sanchez will be here, too. We'll be back in a moment. More of the Preston and Steve Show podcast after this. At Steven Singer Jewelers, everyone gets the perfect price. No coupons, no sales, no negotiating. Feel great about buying a diamond. Visit Steven Singer, the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly, or online at IHateStevenSinger.com. Always with free shipping. Steven Singer Jewelers. One place, one price. Now back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Don't forget we have our Daily Rush Madness. I'll give you a couple of more matchups in a little bit for you. Uh, to go and vote for, and also we have a secret text word today. We got pit tickets oh. uh, for the MMRBQ. Pretty sweet deal, phenomenal. <clears throat> so text word secret to three nine three three three, and in like the next couple of minutes, you got your chance to win a thousand dollars. We are going to get into uh, go fund you too, go fund yourself too. Uh, details at wmmr dot com. But there are three different ways for you to enter to win. So we'll get those in a moment. All We're right, going live. Steve, I have a good one for you this morning. Being the youngest siblings has its advantage. Now, remind, this is a new study we found. Remind me, guys, Steve, let's start with you, sibling order. Where I am you? the middle. So I have a younger brother and an older brother. Uh, younger brother, older brother. Okay, Preston? Uh, I'm the youngest. Uh, I have a sister, and she's older than I. So that would indicate, according to the study, Preston, that, that you are funnier than her. I'm hilarious. Um <laughs> I do have to admit that. Uh, no, listen, I, I, 
Yeah, I think I've uh, my my sister has a great sense of humor, but I've done a little bit more with that sense. She of does humor. more Yiddish comedy. Uh, yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. Which if yeah. you don't more speak like a horse bell comedian, whereas <laughs> Preston's more. But you know what? I I have heard that yeah, the youngest is usually and and I can speak from my own progeny, Mike. That my daughter, the youngest one, and I love my kids all equally, but she's definitely the funniest of the three. Well, I think it's uh, I, I'm fifth of sixth. And I think I have a little bit better sense of humor than my yeah. uh, nuclear physicist brother. Uh, <laughs> I, I think we punch holes in that theory. My younger brother, I love Nadette. Both my brothers are law enforcement, and I am the uh, oh. I'm the middle guy, and I've, I've made my living through comedy. So there you go. Yep. And Casey, you're you're not the youngest in your group, though. No, but I am third down the line. So okay. my my math teacher sister and my uh, research chemist brother uh, are older than me. <laughs> yeah. And then my little brother, he's funny too. He but is. I think I'm probably the funniest of the to, crew. To what do they attribute this this placement? What 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 causes well, it's this? A, a cry for attention. That's definitely yeah. what mine was. Uh, <laughs> the fifth of six kids. I just wanted something to eat. <laughs> You were deprived of sun sunlight. They kept you locked sunlight. up in the basement. <laughs> my dad called me Tom, my brother's name, for the first 12 years of my life. Oh, really? Oh, you poor thing. That poor is depressing. I, but you know, guys, actually, I'm the funniest, too. Are you? Mm-hmm. Are you the youngest? She's the only child. Oh. Yeah, well, the, so by nobody default. Nobody compare me with. <laughs> that wasn't uh, funny. What about Kat? Oh, stop it. <laughs> wow. Kat? Mike, Who said that? Uh, Casey. Casey. <laughs> Mike, I'm the oldest, um, and my, I have two brothers. Oh. We all kind of have a, a good sense of humor, but I would say that my youngest brother is probably the funniest. Yeah, you're the least funny the whole time. Oh, thank you, Mike. Good to talk to you. It's it's like like working working with a death sentence. Mike, I'm the least funny of the whole crew. Don't insult Kathy like that. That's so true. Yeah, and I'm the oldest, so this holds water. But he's the only one who can grow a full neck beard, so he... uh, (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. No, no, I can grow the neck beard, too. (laughs) She just chooses not to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it goes with the hair on her back that I've (laughs) Oh, my God. You've heard. You've seen it. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Well... Thanks. Uh, we'll see you uh, right. next week, maybe. Order. Yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, I'll see you around. Yeah, I think there. I think there's that holes water. Uh, that uh, you the youngest, the youngers. Yeah, I think my, my. I was clearly not the favorite son of the uh, <laughs> of my father growing up, but I, I shifted places. I think yeah. I, I started making payments to him, and I think that really swayed that his opinion. That didn't help. Yeah. I would imagine. <laughs> All right, we need to do this because it's time. 93.3 WMMR Philadelphia. Go find yourself. No, it's not a scam. We want to give you a grand. We want to fund you. Let's get you a $1,000 prize. Okay, so all you got to do is enter the keyword that I'm about to get you. The nationwide contest, and you have until 8.15 to do it, and I'll tell you how to do it. But first of all, you need the word. The word is big. B-I-G. You have until 8.15 to enter it via WMMR's mobile app or at WMMR.com, or you can text to the special contest short code number we have, and that number is 45911. So once again, the word is big. Do it through the mobile app, through the website, or text to 45911, and we'll call you if you're randomly selected, and you win $1,000. All right, it's that simple. Complete contest rules are available at WMMR.com. Good luck from AT&T Subaru. Uh, a and T Subaru, sorry, and uh, WMMR. Let's do the B five. Now, Bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre File. And this morning, brought to you by Gwynedd Mercy University, with excellent academics, generous scholarships, 
and a deep commitment to service at Gwinnett Mercy University Education's Real Game Changer. Learn more at G Mercy U's Spring Open House, April 13th at 10 a.m. You can sign up today at gmercyu.edu. That's gmercyu.edu. A mother who went to the hospital with pain in her lower abdomen was found to have an ovarian cyst with traces of vegetables in it. Whoa! Yeah, listen to this. Doctors described the growth as very foul-smelling and said that it had also had hair inside of it. What do they call that? Like a well, in the stomach, it's called a bezoar, right? Hair and vegetables. This is no. This uh, is a. Uh, this is an ovarian cyst. Uh, the unnamed 32-year-old went to the hospital in Rochester, Michigan, because she'd had pain in the torso for about a week. What the hell was it? It was getting worse in the past few days. Originally, given antibiotics used to treat gonorrhea. Uh, and tested for an STI scans revealed one of her ovaries was infected. Uh, scans show the woman's left ovary was attached to the wall of her pelvis and to part of her bowel. I have bad news for you. You have squash. <laughs> uh, doctors suspected a super infection. Wow. Uh, you never when, want to hear super. No. When uh, surgeons investigated, they found a dermoid cyst made of reproductive cells, which can turn into various human <laughs> tissues, such as teeth, hair, and skin. Oh, my God. Apart from the pain, her only symptoms were a high temperature and night chills. And the scan of her ovaries revealed that the right one looked healthy, but the left one was twice as normal size. So what, what tipped her off to something was going wrong here? She was feeling bad. Okay. And uh, her vagina was playing the harmonica. Well, that too, which is odd. Yeah. Uh, and beside the ovary... Uh, there was a mass containing vegetable fiber, oh human hair, gas, fat, and calcium buildup. Wow. Uh, the doctor suggested the reason the cyst contained vegetable fiber was because the woman's bowel had perforated and the matter leaked out of there. I... But they couldn't find any proof of this happening. They left the mystery unsolved. Surgeons cut out the cyst and treated her with antibiotics in the hospital for nine days afterwards. And she was in discharge with no further issues. <laughs> It's amazing. Vagina. I better call the doctor. <laughs> a zoo in China has the internet buzzing after asking workers to dress up like gorillas and jump around the gorillas' enclosure. They were trying to pull a fast one? I don't really or know. Or were they trying to uh, elicit some sort of behavior from the gorillas? No. Uh, parents at the zoo noticed and complained online about paying a high price to enter the Yancheng wild animal world only to see people in costumes. Yeah, and I saw the zebra's ass smoking. Uh, the, Z's, uh, the zoo says that the human gorillas were a special program designed by the management to entertain tourists on April Fool's Day. That's oh, all right. Well, then, that's okay. The yeah. real gorillas were inside their enclosure while the fake ones were actually out. Side of the enclosure. Yeah, they euthanized all the gorillas. Oh, that's uh, hilarious. <laughs> April Fool's. Funny joke. We kill all the... Euthanize the gorillas. These are all actors, folks. Have a great day at the park. All right. This is this is a terrible story, but I don't know why I find it kind of funny. Uh, more than 200 sheep have plunged to their deaths in the Pyrenees while apparently trying to escape a brown bear. Uh, the bears have been reintroduced into the mountain region over the past three decades after being wiped out by hunters. The sheep, which belong to a farmer in the southwest of France, are thought to have taken fright when the bear appeared in the area. After the predator attacked one of the sheep, 209 others in the flock panicked and hurled themselves off a 200-meter-high cliff. That's 600, 600 feet, feet up. Yeah. on the border between France and Spain. So nothing kicks in to stop them from... They will instinctively commit suicide rather than, you know... I mean, there's... Honestly, if they ganged up, guys, we can do this! Uh, The bodies of 169 sheep were found the next day at the foot of the cliff in the Spanish village of Ladore. Uh, The other Dan animals were found in France. I mean, just the idea of, what if you were at the bottom of that cliff? 
It's rain and sheep. Hallelujah. Uh, the Spanish news agency Europa Press said uh, bear fur had been found on one of the dead sheep and would be analyzed to try to establish exactly what had Listen, happened. I just wanted to eat one sheep, <laughs> and they went effing crazy. Uh, oh, this is not my fault. Although the French government will compensate the farmer for his loss, uh, the incident has provoked an angry response from a local branch of the French Farmers Federation. Did they consult with them before they started to reintroduce the... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the, the last female, hey, by the way, you may want to get your sheep locked up. The last female brown bear native to the Pyrenees was shot dead by hunters in 2004. Uh, the French government has been engaging in repopulation programs since the early 1990s using bears from Slovenia. And it's going very well, obviously. Uh, yeah, there have been actually... Uh, there are now thought to be about 30 brown bears in the region. More than 130 sheep died in a similar bear-related incident in the French Pyrenees last year. So are they going to start reintroducing sheep back into the area? Yeah, they might need to after they all kill themselves. When a firefighter sat down on a toilet seat at a city firehouse, he heard and felt an explosion beneath him from a workplace prank gone awry. Raymond Johns discovered he was bleeding from the left side of his scrotum and a blood blister had formed. That's a good joke. Uh, he also found the remnants of an exploded bang snap, small paper wrapper novelty explosive that pop when they're compressed or thrown on the toilet. Those little things blew off part of his nut? Yeah. Uh, fellow firefighter Thomas... I'm using medical terms. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, Thomas Wengerter admitted placing the snaps around the firehouse as a prank and apologized immediately after the incident. But uh, Wengerter later denied that he was the one who placed a snap on the toilet. Uh, John's sued Wenger, uh, Wengerter for injuries that he suffered, but his complaint was dismissed. An appellate panel upheld that decision on Monday. He was diagnosed with a second-degree burn on his scrotum and a contusion of the left testicle and was placed off-duty for nearly two weeks after the stunt. But uh, he didn't lose any pay, and the city paid for his medical expenses, so they said you can't sue. It falls under workers' compensation. Maybe the injury was caused because it was um, compacted down. Maybe because those things sure. are fairly innocuous. You can you can squeeze them in your fingers. Yes, and you won't but you really... can't squeeze them between your nuts. No, no. <laughs> therein lies the issue. It says right on it, yeah. not for testicle yeah. use. You can squeeze between your fingers. Yeah, but you can't squeeze. You can't. You, you can you tune the piano. Tune a piano, but you can't tune a fish. Yeah. Can you light them on fire? Will they? Will they? No. Will they explode. No. Okay. I I try to light things on fire all the time. Yeah. And that's uh, <laughs> that was one of the first ten things I got to. One last story. Uh, the words, what do you have to declare, took on a bizarre meaning at a Canada-U.S. border crossing on Sunday for a Quebec family. The answer to what do you have to declare was grandpa. Because uh, around 2.30 a.m., a mother and her son returning from Florida arrived at the crossing at Hemingford, Quebec. And in the back of their vehicle was the body of the family patriarch believed to be in his 80s. The elderly man had reportedly begun to experience health problems at the beginning of the trip and died of a suspected heart heart attack somewhere along the way to Canada. Dead man breathed on me! Uh, But his wife and 60-year-old son apparently decided U.S. health care and repatriating the body were too pricey, so they brought the body back with them. Was he... uh... Did they just leave him in a chair at the relative's house? <laughs> there were no signs of violence on the dead man, and the distraught duo met with Quebec Provincial Police. I'm sure it wasn't th- clear whether charges will be laid. I'm sure stuff like, I mean, if you're just families taking long trips across yeah. borders, you know. It happens. It, it's, it has to happen now yeah. and then. An autopsy is going to be taking place, and there you go. That's what I have for you in the bizarre file. All right, we're going to do, are we doing a matchup? Yes, we Let's are. do that. It's time for Preston and Steve's Daily Rush Madness. 
Having our video segments go up against each other. We've got hundreds of them, and we've chosen 64 to battle it off in this match. And we are now highlighting the next one. It's up to you to tell us which one you like better. Is it, and we're in the stupid 16 now, by the way. Is it the racist principle and the devil? Or Regis gets tough? What do you think? It's up to you to decide. I know where I'm voting on this one. So here is a clip of the racist principle and the devil. We spoke to Satan after the uh, proceedings. Yeah, I was in there. I was about five rows back. I was using my iPad to take pictures, which I know uh, pisses people off. But that's what I do. I'm the devil. And I want to hold up the biggest obstruction I can so people can't see what's going on. That's just a little segment of that video. Uh, the other one, which is Regis Gets Tough, plays out a little bit like this. Although Regis has yet to return uh, for a visit to live, he has been a frequent guest on the Rachel Ray Show. Yeah, right? I didn't know that. Yeah, and so. I can't stand that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither, Regis. Oh, my God. I'm with you. Holy Christ. Uh, Regis Tough in that sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You yeah, got to vote. Edge. You got to vote, and uh, you can vote for all of our matchups for the day if you'd like to. We'd love to have you do that. Go ahead. The videos are available for you to watch, or if you already know them, you can vote right away. Uh, and you can get registered for our uh, prize, which is Punchline Philly, and going to every show they have for the rest of the year. You got to be at least 21 to win that, and you can enter once a day. So go right ahead and do it. Why don't we take a quick break? Come back in a moment. Mr. Thomas Lennon is awaiting in our green room to come in here. And, uh, he's, love him. He's hilarious. Uh, he's got an appearance tonight at uh, Barnes & Noble in Fairless Hills. We'll tell you more about that in a little bit. And then a drum off, sort of. A jam is going to be more <laughs> A jam. Like uh, jazz musician Antonio Sanchez will be here. He's amazing. That'll be around 9 o'clock. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Hey, let's do one more quick matchup, okay? All right. We got to do that. It's time for Preston and Steve's Daily Rush you get to vote on the videos, and we want to find out what you think. They are available for voting now, and the two that we're going to highlight is this particular hour, anyhow. Uh, our President Steve Try Sir Strumming, Ooh. which is a number one seed against a number 13 seed, which is uh, Regis Tells Kathy to Shut Up. There are three Reguses in the uh, Stupid 16. Seriously? Yes. Re- right. Who knew? Yeah. Right, let's you have that kind of traction. Play a short clip of the Sir Strumming segment. Here we go. He hasn't right. even opened it all. Right. Right. Sir, I'm going to do it. it. All right? I'm going to complete it. No, don't! Dude, it's... Uh, I don't think you I'm need doing it. it. Look, at, look at my eyes. Stop it! You sprayed it all over the studio. Oh, 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 I got shot in the face. Literally disgusting. It's like a Viking. Dear God, Kathy, listen to you screaming. Because it was hanging off of Nick's beard. It was nasty. It is the most disgusting, foul product what in the this? world. What is that? Item? It's called Sir Stroming. Oh. It's a, it's a, it's a fermented herring. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a delicacy in Sweden, and it is the most disgusting mm-hmm. smelling stuff you have ever. Beyond putrid. Beyond putrid. (laughs) And then the other one it's going against is uh, Regis tells Kathy to shut up. Here's a little clip of that. So she would... uh, (laughs) Save it for the air. (laughs) Shut up! I swear to God. (laughs) I will kill you where you stand. All right, so the video's at uh, WMMR.com. Vote on them now. All right. You know what we're doing. I'm yes. going to welcome our next guest because he's been hanging out for a little bit, and we're happy to have him here. He's going to actually be doing a book signing tonight and a Q&A at the Barnes & Nobles in uh, Fairless Hills. And uh, you know him from 
uh, not only performing, but uh, a lot of written material in the world of films. He does it all. I mean, like uh, Night at the Museum. Yes. And, of course, we know him from uh, I Love You Man and Reno 911. I'll play a little clip. This was... Uh, what is this from uh, a loving man? Yeah. You're a whore, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> You're a whore, Peter. Literally, it's going. It's going on my tombstone. <laughs> You're a whore, Peter. And then here's uh, from Reno 911. Is Dangle? Oh, I've oh. had some boots on layaway here at uh, Zapateria La Bailarina for Western fashion. You remember all the? You can't do a Western fashion. You can't do any better. Well, not in Reno. Not at these prices. Because <laughs> you're in Reno, you really can't beat Zapateria La Bailarina. <laughs> well, you can, but not at these prices, really. Let's do it. And there it is. And the state. Uh, he's here to promote his new book, Ronan Boyle and the Bridge of Riddles. This is Thomas Lennon. Yeah. Yeah. How are you Hi, doing, guys. Man? It's nice to be here in pants. Yeah. Yes, you were. Picture me on the wall in the in the short shorts. In yeah. your dangle shorts. Actually, yeah. a couple of and you and your, a couple of your castmates came in. It was a we great did. day. We were in our smaller studio. Yep. This used to be the day. There used to be an era when you could walk around in shorts with a gun and nobody cared. <laughs> Yep. Just it was just like we beautiful time. People were touching butts. It was the greatest time. Where did there. that go? Uh, All that hard work Caligula did out the window. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. I'm, I'm very excited about this this book because um, I was reading an interview with you talking. Mm-hmm. It's Ronan Boyle and the Bridge of Riddles. Exactly. And um, there, everyone has the, that first series of books that gets them into reading. And I think you had mentioned that you were a fan of. Um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Universe. Yep, and that Hitchhiker's was Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, exactly. yeah, Galaxy. I mean, and as 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 was I. And you always have that moment where you realize, oh my god, uh, reading is interesting Can and be fun. fun. Yeah, that's exactly. You know, um, I, I wrote the book for like a person like the age that I was when I read like Douglas Adams. It's about fourteen. Yeah, like eleven or twelve. Yeah. And uh, I wanted it to. I just wanted to write a really funny book. Right. And a book that you could laugh while you're reading. It's not. It's not heavy lifting. I'll tell you right now. This is some pretty. It's for. <laughs> <laughs> it's for beginning readers and people who are just getting into books, and uh, you know the kind of the kind of reader I was. But know? there's there's a place there's a place for that, and I think of l- listen, if something like this takes off, and you J.K. Rowling, and and you know Thank Harry you. Potter and all that stuff, it, it builds and it becomes part of uh, something larger. I mean. You know, I, I think when we were talking about uh, the, the first edition or first copy of uh, of uh, the, the first Harry Potter book is selling for some ridiculous amount, but for so many people that that defined their entree into reading. Oh yeah, uh, and so mm-hmm. there. I mean, as you're writing that, are you just thinking this is going to be a, a fun cast off, or could this? You know, are you also entertaining the notion? This could be the beginning something of something bigger. huge. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is it has turned into something bigger. So it's going to be at least three books right now in the series, and. Uh, you know, I started writing it, basically, I, if you write movies, it just crushes your soul. It's like a rough, I mean, it's like... Because there's so many cooks in oh, the kitchen? We got fired off Night at the Museum, our biggest hit. I was fired off of that movie three different times. Wow. Like, really? Wow. That's how it goes. Yeah. You turn a draft, and they're like, you know what? We hate you. <laughs> and we're just going to try, they're like, we're going to try anybody else for the next couple of weeks. And then they always end up coming back to you, and you, you get fired, you come back. But the fun thing about being in the movie business is you just read that you're fired on the internet how most wa- of the time. How wonderfully warm. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, yeah. How personal. The best people in the world yeah. making these movies, guys. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to get into books and see and like write something that's 100% my sense of humor. Since Reno 911, the Ronan Boyle is probably the closest thing to just like my unfiltered sense of humor. Thomas, yeah. I'm so amazed at in the, in the movie industry how much stuff just is created and then just nothing happens to nothing. it. And I, the yeah. idea of me sitting down and writing a volume of material, forget it. It would be a life's work to write one thing for me. It would take my entire life to do it. And the fact that people can crank this stuff out, mm-hmm. have it looked at, and then just toss it on the scrap heap right. at a regular interval, 
is pretty wild. Well, as you say, so, so, so much crushing. Juice. I, I think we I think we set a record one year for 20th Century Fox. We wrote five movies that got shelved. This is wow. with like, just back to back. Ben, uh, yeah, Ben Grant, Grant my writing writing He's the guy on Reno 911 with the bulletproof vest on the outside. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, but so statistically, I wonder how many authors will write manuscripts that that I mean, it's it's a brutal business. It's a brutal well, business, yeah. But uh, but maybe maybe it's less brutal than um, than screenplays. It's a uh, the novel game is while it's still a little bit brutal. It's nowhere compared to wow. the, movie, the movie business. But also, is, yeah, you're, you're, yeah. as you said before, you're able to write and and it's you. Yeah, yeah, this it's is you. The, the novel's just me, right? And it's yeah. based on, on on just sort of. Some Celtic lore. And- yeah, well, you know, I, so my grandparents are both from the sort of the west coast of Ireland, and I'd spent a lot of time in Ireland. And I'd always, ever since I read Hitchhiker's Guide, I was like, oh, you can write a funny... Novels don't have to be Finnegan's Wake. Right, They don't right. have to be The Sound and the Fury. You can write something really funny. So I was like, I gotta write a funny novel. And then I didn't have an idea for 30 years. <laughs> so for, for about 30 years, I kind of mulled it over. Okay, sure. And then I was in a castle, I was in a castle in Ireland, and the, uh, the owner of the castle was taking me on a really boring tour. You know, like when somebody wants to show you stuff that you don't want to see, right. and I was just tired and crabby. Right. And he took me and he showed me what a, a real Irish shillelagh looked like. And I thought a shillelagh was like a little, kind of like a walking stick. But a shillelagh, when Irish people couldn't carry metal weapons, they carried shillelaghs that you could... Like, you could stop a car with this thing. It was a humongous weapon. And so I just started thinking about, you know, like, what if a shillelagh was your, like, law enforcement weapon that you had to carry? And then I started thinking about leprechauns. And in the book, leprechauns, it's so it's a young cop who gets re- recruited to the leprechaun division. But leprechauns in the book are absolutely disgusting. Aren't yeah. they? Aren't they? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. but doesn't a lot of the original oh, lore, yeah. they're evil. Nasty. They're, they're vicious. Uh, the notion that leprechauns leave candy in your shoes <laughs> is not what this book is about. Yeah, yeah Steve, yeah. you saw that documentary with uh, Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, yeah, Leprechaun. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> just incredible. They made several of those movies. <laughs> Actually, a friend of mine is in the movie. You ever, have you seen the trailer for, if you haven't seen it, please go watch the trailer for the movie Leprechaun 4 in Space. In space. Oh, I've seen yes. One of the great titles of a movie ever yeah. also. Yeah. Somehow the leprechaun who kills people <laughs> ends up in a spaceship. Well, Leprechaun in the Hood. Yeah. Yeah. Leprechaun yeah, in the yeah, Hood yeah, is yeah. also, is that yeah. five? That, so sure. that's three, Anybody I who think. knows them all in order, that's three. Yeah, there's yeah. Leprechaun 1, Le- Leprechaun 2, Leprechaun in the Hood. That's Lep- just good structure. You go you <laughs> go the Hood, yeah. space. space. Mm-hmm. Well, and Wait, by the it, way, by yeah. the way, just a, a point of order here mm-hmm. in the whole yeah. thing, uh, Warwick Davis, who played uh, Leprechaun, yep. is not in this newest one. Uh, which they they did a, a re a sort of a, a I guess a reboot of it mm-hmm. and um, it's it's lacking it, oh, you know you you you, you, need, you need that that mm-hmm. pure malevolence that he brought to mm-hmm. the uh, to say mm-hmm. as dumb as it is to say he brought the right amount of mm-hmm. malevolence to the leprechaun role but a lot of people always thought the opposite and and so that adds your 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 nemesis yeah in, in my uh, in in my world the run and boil world uh, the leprechauns like they'll steal your entire wine cellar stuff like that <laughs> right, yeah. right yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they'll change and they change like babies into lo- for logs they'll like put a log where your baby was wow. stuff like that yeah and Ronan yeah. is a, is a is a he's sort of a a misanthrope but he's a he's oh a, we got a <laughs> oh that's my friend yeah, there we you go oh, sorry, you're running in the background uh, yeah. of uh, of leprechaun, leprechaun for in space, space mm-hmm. which I know. <laughs> So, oh. so let me ask you. I mean, because you know, looking at your your body of work as mm-hmm. as an actor and as as a writer, I had no idea that that you wrote um, Baywatch the movie, which I thought was a lot of fun. By the way, oh, thank you very much. Yeah. So yeah, we uh, we have credits on some weird things that you'd be very surprised right. by. But, yeah. but you're also um, a student of the Tisch School of Arts. Yeah, yeah. Right. So like, yeah. 
you're you're no piker when it comes to you know the the uh, or maybe you are. <laughs> he begs to differ. Well, I'm going to stop right there. I can there, pike then. very. Uh, <laughs> when you need to pike, you can pike. That was uh, another one. Uh, Baywatch. We wrote. Uh, it was funny. We were actually writing Baywatch <laughs> for Bill Hader. Oh really? Yeah. That like, in our minds, we were like, oh man, Bill Hader would be you know obviously from Barry and I everything. Love him. And, yeah. And then um, it was one of those happy accidents where the head of the studio we were like, hey, wouldn't Bill Hader be amazing for this? And he's like, well, I gave it to The Rock instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and The Rock loves it, and The Rock thinks you wrote it for him. And we were like, we sure yeah, did. We did. <laughs> because of course we did. Uh, well, yeah. you between uh, writing uh, regular uh, screenplays, you yeah. do a lot of script doctoring as well. I know that's a whole. I do. That's a that's a weird business because sometimes they're you know they. The studio starts making a movie, and then they just they hate everything that's happening. Right. Like, everything about it. Basically, they've greenlit a movie off of sort of like what the premise was supposed to be. The worst one the worst one we ever did was a Martin Lawrence movie called Rebound. I remember. Yeah, remember the yeah, amazing yeah, yeah, Martin yeah, yeah. Lawrence movie, Rebound? They were shooting the, – they started shooting the movie, and they just hated everything in the script. The whole script, they just hate it. Right. So they only like the premise that Martin Lawrence is an angry uh, college basketball coach who ends up coaching some kids. So they're like, just make up a whole new movie, but we can't change any locations. <laughs> so every single scene heading, if it says, like, exterior gym, you have to leave that. Right. Because tomorrow they're going to be in a gym. <laughs> and we would just every night write the part of what Dear the movie God. would be tomorrow. And wow. you're, you're, it was kind of fun. It's, and, it's, it's a run and gun kind of situation, yeah, yeah. right? So, yeah. like, yeah, you stay up till midnight, and then in the morning you fax in. <laughs> This is when we had fax machines. Wow. We just fax in what they're going to shoot that day. And then the movie, amazingly, turns into garbage. <laughs> <laughs> well, can I ask you, because I also saw it. It amazingly credits. becomes yeah. garbage. And then somehow, this formula. <laughs> yeah. I see in your credits that, mm-hmm. that you're working on the Cannonball Run. I don't yes. know if this is it. Because yeah. when, when Burt Reynolds died, I went back and I watched the original. And, and to me, it, it's, it's magnificent. It, it holds up. Oh, yeah. Totally. I don't know if you ever saw one of my favorite things we did when we were the comedy group The State. Yo, I love oh, the yeah. stage. We did this. Massive re- fans. We did this really weird thing, which is we did a shot for shot duplication of the end credit bloopers of yes. Cannonball Run. <laughs> yeah, it's so stupid for some reason, <laughs> and we spent a really long time filming it. Like anywhere we could go, we'd get an ambulance. That and sounds like we, a lot of work. It was so much work, and it was a joke for no one. Yeah, it was like who would care? But we like just perfectly recreated every moment of Dom DeLuise uh, cracking up, going, oh, "Mr. Martin, Mr. Martin." Mr. He left. <laughs> I love Bert stuff would, like that. And Burt kept smacking him yep, over and over. Him. Yeah. yeah, I played. Uh, I believe I played Dean Martin. Okay, these bleeds, these rolls, yeah, these bleeds. bleeds. <laughs> you're, gonna take, you're gonna take these bleeds, right? <laughs> and Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah. That's right. And it Jack Elam. Yeah. It was yeah. one of those things we did that no one cared about. <laughs> Once on Reno 911, we did a full like half hour episode. That's a, uh, a word for word spoof of the play Waiting for Godot. And no, no wow. one, yeah, no one can remember that. It. No, no one remembers it because it was for nobody. <laughs> well, how great is that that you're yeah. able to do that? That you sort of have that yeah. freedom, and you're mm-hmm. like, all right, we want to do this. That was fun on Reno Nine One One because no one was checking on us. Mm-hmm. Like we really never got notes on that show That's ever, cool. ever. Really? Uh, so oh, you, were, you were supposed to be on Fox and ending up on Comedy That's Central? Exactly what happened. Yeah, we were. Uh, the, I th- we didn't end up on Fox, and I think it was because at the end of the pilot episode, there was a scene where Lieutenant Dangle kisses a guy for a long time. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is a recurring theme in my <laughs> career, as you probably noticed. Yeah, that was yeah. Dangle's M.O. <laughs> and it was, yeah. uh, and uh, everybody was like, no, 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 you got to cut that. You got to cut that out because Fox is not going to put it on. And I'm like, no, we're not going to cut it. And I'm like, what are you going to do? Not pick us up? And of course, they didn't pick us up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Comedy Central, Central for, for they I'm were sure very they, nice to us. Yeah, yeah. They, they they gave you free reign, obviously. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I can't. I really don't remember getting any notes from them, other than occasionally they'd be like, "This is too long." 
Yeah. But, like, ever, they'd be, like, shorten some stuff, but never anything, mm-hmm. like, major. I would have to imagine yeah. that because of that, anybody who's ever done anything like that police-based, mm-hmm. you uh, you must you must get you must get away with every speeding ticket because... It does help. It does help, yeah, right? it really does help. A lot of police officers have said to me that they feel like Reno 911 is... The most accurate no pop way. show. On TV. My my brother said that. Mm-hmm. My brother's a, p- a police <laughs> yeah. officer and says it, it, there's nuance that's caught in that yeah. series that you like, have to be an not, insider. It's to not know. always like cold case NCIS where right. we're enhancing photographs in a cool <laughs> lab. No, it's a bunch of weird people <laughs> right. eating peanut butter from yeah. a jar, oh, right. super accidentally troopers. shooting yeah. their friends. Yeah, <laughs> cops love super troopers too. They like super troopers a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I have friends who are police officers, and, sure. and one guy in particular. I, I mean, they're they're. Listen, they're very, very serious at their job, but mm-hmm. they're all, they have to be able to deflect all that. It's a know? work environment. That's what, oh, yeah. I think the reason that they say it feels the most like real uh, law enforcement is just because we, we never really wrote down any dialogue. Mm-hmm. Everything we're saying is off the top of our heads. So, so, so yeah. it, was, it was done a la the uh, Christopher Guest. You, exactly. you, have, you have a, a framed scene and then right. you fill it in. You, usually, you're all improvisationally adapted. Usually adapt. we'd know the ending. Okay. Yeah. If we if if we we'd have the ending of a scene, and if it was a stunt, it would be like written out. If someone was going to explode next to us, if we were going to throw like a pop a popper under someone's skirt, <laughs> which I just heard like, about, right? a yes. wonderful way to start the day, guys. Thanks so much. Sorry about that. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I want to see because uh, you have 151 acting credits according to Ooh. IMDb. I don't, I don't know seems, how accurate that is. I know. Um, but but one of them that seems like a, a typographical error on <laughs> well, his part. But what about 32 writing credits? Is that accurate? Yeah, no, that's they're both accurate. Which okay. Is well, in, in one of them, um, uh, and it's probably the polar opposite mm-hmm. of uh, Reno 911, but working with Clint Eastwood on, on 1517 to... That was a trip. ...to Paris, yeah. I, I think it's an underrated movie. And we've heard and talked to many people who have worked with Clint Eastwood over the years, but what was your experience like? So, uh, here was the deal. So, I went in, and obviously you're intimidated. He's At the time, he's uh, like 86 years old. He's making this movie, 1517 to Paris. Uh, and it's got the three real guys. Yeah. Who's, Which was a yeah. big conceit of the the thing is that you had the actual oh, that guys who participated. That was the real guys yeah, yeah. who like ran, ran at a dude with a machine gun yeah. on that train. Yeah. So uh, I was obviously nervous. Clint's got this cool old bus. Like so, his trailer is like looks like a '70s rock bus. Wow! And outside, he's got barbells, <laughs> and he's 86 years old. And there's like these sets of barbells that he can, in case he needs to jack up the arms before he comes in. Uh. And I, my the way that I interact with people always is I I run a test joke by them. Right. So I'm like, let's see how this is going to go. So I just like to see like, are they going to be goofy? Or are you going to be an a hole? What, yeah. what do you like? Right. So Clint's in there, and I'm sitting there in the morning, and it's kind of serious, and it's real quiet, and. I'm sitting behind the desk, and I'm playing this, like, mean principal. And I turn to Clint Eastwood, and I say, Clint, is there any possibility that my character could have a large raven sitting on his shoulder for this whole scene? We can just add it in post. Right. And Clint Eastwood went, ha, ha, ha. Oh, I love it. And really? he laughed really hard. <laughs> and I was like, oh, cool, Clint Eastwood's going to be cool. Yeah. And then we hung around, and we laughed all day long. He wow. was so funny. And then a weird, this is a weird moment happened, but sometimes you just got to run with things. Sure. So I always carry, I got a little Martin Backpacker guitar that I carry around because when you're on set, it keeps you from looking at the internet all day and just keeps yeah. your hands busy. You don't smoke and eat donuts. You can just play guitar. So I was playing guitar and they were moving the, all the equipment and Clint Eastwood came into the room that I was in. I was all alone and he just sat down. He's an easy music. He's, he's an amazing piano player. Yeah, yeah. And he started just watching me play the guitar and he's like, no, no, don't stop, don't stop. 
nonstop. And so I ended up playing all of the Smiths' song, The Headmaster Ritual, for Clint Eastwood. No kidding. Yeah. You're, so I was telling Preston, yeah. you're in like... You I'm a, in a Smiths a cover, Smith's cover band. Smiths' cover band. So I'm a yeah. huge Smiths fan, yeah. and that's very cool. So, so, it was so cool. And then he just sat, and he kind of bopped his head. He see, he's... When yeah. Steve Jobs passed, he yeah. Clint Eastwood became my... That's the... That's the um, must get interview. ultimate interview because that guy, look at trip. that career. Yeah. And at his age, yeah. he is still at, at the height of his game. Yeah. He just, he just another booking movie. along. He just, and then the mule came out. But I was like, you know, the, the childhood me watching Dirty Harry never thought I'd get to sit and play the Smiths for him alone in a room. And he's enjoying it. Was, it. Oh, no. He's, he's not just suffering talk through it. We yeah. talked, like you talk, he, he still plays out and stuff. Yeah. You a big uh, Martin Guitar fan? I am because the uh, the factory is right by here. It's oh, it is it's not far That's away. Right. It's in yeah. Bethlehem, right? Um, right? Nazareth, actually, yeah. Nazareth. Different, yeah. uh, I believe, uh, different uh, in operation since eighteen eighty eight. It is. It is. Yeah, eighteen eighty three or eighty eight. They named like it a historical landmark yeah, in, in Nazareth. So I've got two. I got the backpacker, and then I've got the. And nice. the old, I got so a really old Martin. It's funny yeah. though because you have these eclectic. You're also like a huge Eminem fan, are you not? I am. I don't know what's wrong with me. I got like six personalities. But that's that. You are. You are. You are a Renaissance. Man, I you guess, know, in yeah. some way, but I mean, Smiths, Eminem, yeah, and you, 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 I'm do friends with Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. <laughs> uh-huh. Absolutely. I'm currently friends with Clint Eastwood. You look good in short shorts. I yeah. used to look good in short shorts. Uh, uh, it, it, it's it's pretty wild. So, just with the book tonight, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, there is a signing. Just want to make sure yep. that people know that Barnes and Noble uh, in Fairless Hills, is, uh, at the. Um, Oxford Valley Mall. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it should be fun. I think it starts at 7. I'll be there. I might sing some of the songs. Uh, there's some Leprechaun protest songs oh. that, have, uh, that are on we the audio We have a guitar book. right here. Yeah, I'll play a couple of them. Come, come tonight and I'll play them. All right. Uh, if you're just tuning in, it's uh, Thomas Lennon. I did have a question because I, I never knew the origin of this. There's a bar in Philadelphia called Tiernanog. Tiernanog. And yep. uh, that's featured in the book. What, yep. it's Tiernanog a, what is, uh, is the Irish land of the fairy folk. So it's where the leprechauns live, clericons, okay. fair de rigs, all the little sort of monsters, marrows. There's a lot of different kinds of little creatures and monsters in the books. You you learn a lot in this, in the Ronan Boyle on the Bridge of Riddles, like uh, unicorns. The the horn that they have is mostly for killing leprechauns, stuff like that. Oh really? Yeah, there's a lot of details in the book. Is that accurate? Is that accurate? Yeah. To it's lore? accurate to my. That's <laughs> okay. all yeah. I that's all mm-hmm. I care about. That's yeah. right. So. Any pre-interest in a in in a movie based there's on like, this? There's a little bit of talk about it, right? Yeah. But you know, I would mean, you would you adapt? I assume you would adapt your own book. Oh, for sure, yeah, for yeah. sure, I would if I yeah if if we do that. But it was funny because I, I basically wrote the book to take like kind of a break from the crazy movie world, and then as soon as you succeed with the book, because the book hit the best in the New York Times bestseller list, which was really cool. Everybody's like, "What if it's a movie?" And movie! I'm like, <laughs> I didn't want to do that. <laughs> I did this, so I didn't have to do that. Oh, there it is. The yep. illustrations are awesome. Uh, it's and... been really cool. A guy named John Hendricks, he's a famous uh, illustrator in his own right, and he did uh, all of the illustrations for the book. And yeah, that could lead is... to you know uh, animated stuff. Maybe. That would be cool. Yeah, Never they know. put it. Yeah, I made. I, I lost out to the number one spot to a book called Wonder. Oh, oh, that book. Yeah, so I hit Son I hit number two. Yeah. But I got I got to walk around chanting, I'm number two. <laughs> I'm number two. I wanted to ask you, because going uh, through and doing some of the research on it, the, the people, just from the state alone, the mm-hmm. amount of people who have gone on to do incredible things. It's weird. Uh, uh, and then you add your crew with Reno 911. We have uh, Wendy McClendon-Covey. Wendy, who's, uh, who's, Cedric. Yeah, I mean, 
you know, I like they, the lucky rabbit's foot. Yeah, yeah. If you yeah. come rub me, it just something works out. <laughs> something works out. It's it's very cool that that, that you yeah, have that collective from the state, like Ken Marino, Michael Ian Black, Joe Truglio's on Brooklyn Nine Nine. I love that. He guy. kills it. Um, he, his character. Everybody thinks that he and I are the same person. Almost oh, really? always. Yeah. I, there's a picture on my Instagram. John Daly, who's super funny, and Joe Truglio and me. People just think we're all the same person all the time because <laughs> we vaguely have like kind of those bug eyes. And, yeah, 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 and same sort of uh, yeah, similar vibe. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. All right, so yeah. you and Joe were both in "I Love You, Man," and we were. Uh, w- did that have anything to do with your previous relationships? Or not really? No, okay. uh, no. Joe's in "I Love You, Man." He plays a squeaky, squeaky voice guy. Yeah, everything. Yeah, you did. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't know there was a weird one. I have that long kissing scene with Paul. Rudd. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which, by the way, we were nominated for an MTV Best Kiss Award. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We I were. remember. Phenomenal. We lost to Twilight. What the Son hell? of those Twilight bastards. Yours is more lasting. Thank you very Cinematic much. Cinematic history so will go too. down. I can't right. remember theirs. Mm-hmm. Were you Team Cullen or Team... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I didn't tell my wife what the scene was about in I yeah. Love You, Man. Oh, that's but we hilarious. shot it kind of close to my house. So she was taking the dogs for a walk and just oh, walked down the street. And then sees me making out with Paul Rudd on the street corner. No way. <laughs> she was like, why didn't you tell me about this? And I was like, well, it would have been weird to tell you about it. She's like, it's way weirder that you didn't. Right. How, many, to, how many takes on Oh, that? my God. It just went on for, oh, dear Lord. <laughs> We're watching. <laughs> running it. in the background. Uh, it was a lot. I think Hamburg was finding it very amusing to just keep me kissing you, Paul you, on the street. You kiss him, yeah. and then you pause and make eye contact with your hand on the back of his oh. head. Oh, and going for another one. It was so... Yeah. Oh, dear <laughs> Lord. Brilliant. Yep. Now that I'm looking at it, we should have won that award. And I go back in. I go back in. That's what's so weird. Yeah. Yep. You go back in. Yep. And his look... I, he, yeah. Paul Rudd seems like just a regular... We've, had, we've the had him on the show, and he's just, yeah. just a regular... As, as are you. He also uh, played uh, Trudy's Lamaze instructor on Reno 911, if you remember when Trudy was... That's uh, right. Uh, yep. Yep. Wow. You know what show you did? Guy Jericho. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. that you did. And you talk about things that are that just seem like a, a personal joke or something that you just wanted to do. Viva Variety. Uh, what, that was the name one of my favorites. Yeah. That was a re- that was a show for nobody. It, well, <laughs> it was a it was a parody of European variety yeah. shows. You know, like, yeah, when you go to and Europe I, and you turn yeah. on the TV and there's like like there's showgirls and there's a chimpanzee dun, 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 and everything's dun, dun, weird. Yeah. yeah, and the weirdest shows. Yep. And my, my wife and I, the, the first one of the first mm-hmm. couple of times we went over to Europe, is like, what are they? We staying in the hotel room yeah. and watching these shows. Yeah, so it was also a bit, based a little bit on like remember Sabado Gigante. Yes, you know, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. So it was a Sabado, Sabado, Sabado. That was a great. Uh, we did the game show like French or Gay. We had a thing called Monkey Sports. <laughs> <laughs> the original pilot had a, a cartoon characters c- called Rock and Roll Foosball Men, which were the foosball guys who would right. come to life and like play rock music. It's almost like yeah. you just threw words into a bucket and then pulled Absolute, them out. Okay. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> uh, what, did you, was that but two seasons? Really cool bands. Uh, we did like actually. There's uh, there's actually I think 39 episodes of Reno of, of Viva Variety. Yeah, but they're impossible to find. It's a it's a great. Yeah. Show. But we had like the coolest bands in the world. We had the Boston's on. We had Fishbone. We had like Chibo Mott at the time. Yeah, yeah. These like really cool people. Yeah, that's wild. It's wow. a cool show. Now yep. you also did uh, not that long ago, and I need to catch up with Drunk History. But I love it's that the best. show. It's the best show. Is it? It's yeah. got to be fun to show. It's so much fun. Now I've never played the drunk. Which right. is uh, for the best, I think, because yeah. those you, you got to get people really, end up puking. You get they get they're wiped out. Yeah. But I just did. I played uh, um, William Randolph Hearst. Okay, in the, uh, <laughs> in the latest episode, which is really fun. It's it's a strange show to do because all of the dialogue you have in the show is was recorded by a drunk person yep. a month ago. Yep. So they send you. You know, you have these audio 
uh, <laughs> files that you have to listen to over and over again to get it exactly right. Yeah, you got to lip sync. You got to lip sync with a drunk person. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah. is a it's a fun thing to try to do. Yeah. What about uh, a yeah. futile and stupid gesture, which is the uh, history of uh, National Lampoon? And I, I loved that. It came That's out last year. Such a cool movie. It it's really on is. Netflix. A few t- uh, directed by David Wayne. Um, Another guy who worked on the state. The state, yep, yeah. state yeah. David Wayne. Uh, he does Wet Hot American Summer and all that stuff. So I played. That was a cool role. I played Michael O'Donohue. Who's one of my comedic uh, um, gods? Crazy, yeah, tortured yeah. genius. The, the stuff that he did originally. I mean, and you know, going He's back to the original Nash yeah. Lampoon. Mm-hmm. What is this he, lunatic? He doing? did the Vietnamese baby boat. He did all these bleak. He had a really dark side. But apparently, I also talked to Lorraine Newman uh, about it, and she said, like, when she moved to California, everything she owned basically was a gift from Michael O'Donohue. Wow. Because apparently, he was such a sweet guy, but his, his humor was really crazy. But one thing I did for that was I, I shaved the front part of my head to get, like, a bald spot. <laughs> Don't do that, guys. Casey it doesn't, on it. it doesn't really come back. Really? <laughs> it's never, it'll never be like what it was before. Uh, well, I'm yeah. currently growing my hair out right now so I can do a comb over for my... For a bit. No, for my driver's license picture. Okay, well, that's yeah. hilarious, but be very careful when you shave your head for a bit. It takes. It's a long road back. All right, guys. so that's sage advice. It's a long road back. That's by the way. That's yep, my uh, yep. that's my pedophile uh, yep. picture that I did. Mm-hmm. For, we have a picture of my driver's mm-hmm. license in the studio here. Yeah, that's not the male pattern baldness. No, which we <laughs> called uh, what was it the the dad the, the dad, dad from, from that's not Mindy. real. Is that real? Yeah, they allowed you to do that. Yeah, that, is that's this my... available on the website? <laughs> yeah, you can't do you, that. I'll get, pull up the get, other get one. Get where you can't do that. Yes, you can. He does it every time he has to renew his. And no one stops you. No one stops me. In fact, get the one where I did the afro. Um, well, the, this is I amazing. This lady. is my favorite. It's an ap- he looks like <laughs> <Yeah>. this. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. You can't do that. That's a real Pennsylvania That's license. That's not legal. That's nope. legal. So it's when legit. I was having that picture taken, me and the lady that was taking the picture, we share the same birthday. So that's all we talked about. She didn't ask once about my hair. Go to the website because these are amazing. Wow. Oh, man. Yeah, that's super illegal. Hey, I wanted to ask now, there, there are so... Many shows on television. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely impossible to keep up with all of them. Mm-hmm. But you are on the Lethal Weapon team. I'm on Le- I'm, uh, right. I'm Leo Getz on uh, Lethal Weapon. What, what's the status of that series now? Because yeah, cast great, members have been so That's a through. great question. <laughs> uh, the original dude I'll, was thrown if off. If you ever hear anything about it, please text okay. me because right. uh, I'll be the last to know. You'll read about yeah. it in the trades. That's a tough one because I'm, I'm friends with Clay and I'm friends with Damon and it was just like a weird one. Yeah. But it's weird when you have, I mean, I, I love both those guys. And yeah, people see like they'll see the people they see on the show, but they don't realize that past that are all, all, all battalions of other people employed. The only thing that I'll say about that show is it's so tough because it's basically a, this, a, making a giant action movie every week. Right. So it is. I mean, it really wears you down. The days are like always every day is 18 hours. There's always like a helicopter. There's always people shooting at you. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a lot. And now you have yeah. Stifler, you know, yeah. basically. Um, but it's been it's yeah. been, I'm, I've been back this year and it's been fun still. So like I hope that show comes back. It's been a it's been a nice job. Yeah, it's like yeah. doing a, it's doing a movie every week. I, basically, I feel like I think I've been Joe. Oh. I, I think I've been Leo Getz now longer than Joe Pesci was ever. Leo Getz. <laughs> yeah. How hard is it to not try to be Joe, Joe Pesci? Oh, that was the thing. That yeah. That was a huge thing. I was like, "Don't! I'm, I can't! I'm never going to do an impression of him, right? Because I can't do the I feel with the drive through, <laughs> yeah. which was amazing, but I can't yeah. do that. Yeah. So I was like, I'm, "If I'm going to do it, I just got to do something else that's weird. I'll yeah. just be like a weird dude." 
Um, but it's been really, really fun. I love that show. You Except for how much they shoot at me, and I'm always being like <laughs> dragged through gravel. Mostly. You're not the yeah. tough guy in it. Yeah. Well, they also, I feel like the show got so hard for the two leads that they suddenly started, like, episodes were all about Leo Getz. Yeah. Just because it could give other people days off. A break, a break, <laughs> so like, yeah. Here's, uh, Leo's going to get, like, dragged behind a car <laughs> and then, like, <laughs> graveled in his face. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, why not? Okay, wait yeah. a second. Those guys make way more than me. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask, what, what does your wife do? Does she work? My wife, you ready for this? Yeah. Do you remember the film Bull Durham? Sure. Yes. Do you remember the girl that gets married on the pitcher's mound at the end? Yes. yes. That's my wife. Yes. Yay. Yeah. You um, you were in a, a comedy troupe with her, were you not? Uh, she's she was on Reno 911 a couple times. Right. But uh, wait, the one that bangs half the team? She the movie opens with her and Tim Robbins having like a really graphic sex. Yeah, scene. he pitches kind of like he f's. And it's also on TV like nine times a week. Uh-huh. <laughs> so so it's a delight for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> And our wow. son, that basically every time you turn on the television, wow. mom and Tim Robbins, who's both six foot five and a delight, uh, <laughs> has his way. It's one of the best baseball movies of all time. Hey, it was actually voted, voted best sports movie of yeah. all time by Sports Illustrated, and I, I, I don't disagree. It's she has amazing. to watch you make out with Paul Rudd. Exactly, there right? Yeah. Karma's a boomerang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Karma's a boomerang. Wow. Yeah. So does she act anymore, or is she, she just she's kinda... here and there? Okay. But uh, right. yeah. She was also she was like in the in the she played a young Patty Duke in the Patty Duke story. Oh yeah, if you ever uh, check that on uh, yeah uh, on the Hallmark Channel. And you guys have kids? We do. We have a nine year old son. Okay, Oliver. And has yeah. he shown any uh, acting? He's interest? already. He was in Mamma Mia last month. No yep. kidding. He had three wow. or four lines in Mamma Mia. Are you Mia, are you happy fun. about it? Or are you? Uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't have recommended it. Right. I, <laughs> most most people who have made a living are are, yeah. are loath to get their kids. The highs into are it. high and the lows are really low. Yeah. 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 But you yeah. have you have a career that just keeps going. Uh, you, I'm a bad example for him because <laughs> dad you, keeps you do failing you up. I just keep failing up. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it's all cool. I want to just quickly ask before you, sure. let you get out of here. Yeah. Uh, uh, you worked with Christopher Nolan. This was really cool. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it was, it was, it was I, one of the top visionary directors. First film I ever auditioned for in my whole life was Memento. Which is wow. a That's a weird audition because here's the whole script for me. It's a test, Sammy. That's yeah. all. Literally, all I say in that movie. That's I say it. it. I say it like four times. Yeah, yeah. But so when you go into audition, like you got to drive somewhere, you park, you go into the audition, <laughs> you sit down in front of Christopher Nolan, and you say, "It's a test, Sammy." That was it. That was it. And he goes, "Very good, excellent." I'm like, that. <laughs> I'm like okay, because I, like, I really didn't do anything. Yeah. Other than like kind of be creepy and sit here. So, did that movie? Thirteen years go by. And I get a call from my agent. They're like, hey, Christopher Nolan's making the next Batman movie. I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> and they're like, he thinks it'd be really funny if you play the doctor in The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. I was like, I think that's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> I love everything about this idea. All right. And then it was one of those things. So I got the script got delivered to me, hand-delivered by somebody from Christopher Nolan's office in L.A. And it was on that red paper that you can't Xerox. Right. It was only one page. I could read what my character said, but everything else was redacted with, like, a black Sharpie so that you couldn't see anything else on wow. the in the script. So, like, I got hand-delivered the script, and then the movie was filming in downtown Los Angeles, which is five minutes from my house, Pittsburgh, uh, India, and London. And I was like, oh, I know my scene's going to be in downtown Los Angeles because <laughs> like, it's, like, right. so dumb. I'm just, like, in a doctor's office. Right. London. No. Yeah. yeah. So I like had to fly to London, had to stay for five days, and I worked for like ninety minutes. It was the best. <laughs> but I mean, you were in. Great. That, yeah. He's he's just it, he's the best. Yeah. Best kept secret about that. Christian Bale, very funny guy. No, kidding. really. I've worked with him twice now, and he's 
he's straight up hilarious because if you hang around him, he doesn't seem like it in the movies. No. Yeah. yeah, he seems like a pretty heavy cat, but he's actually like he loves to laugh. Okay. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Uh, him and Clint Eastwood, can, and Clint, uh, uh, new comedy team. All these team. heavies yeah. are. <laughs> I know. There's Funnier your new, you uh, yeah, yeah, the new Tango and Cat. Yeah. <laughs> Clinton Bale. Clinton. <laughs> wow, wow, that's that's cool, man. Well, listen, uh, tonight, uh, not only are you doing a signing, but you're doing a Q and A. I'm going to do well. a Q and A. I'm going to read okay. from the book, play maybe a couple of Leprechaun songs at the Barnes and Noble. So Fairless people have, have questions about your acting Absolutely. career and writing Whatever. and all this stuff. I'll be there. Yeah, okay. I, I I would love for this. To, I, mean, I know you would. It's doing well, but I mean this this. The amount of people you can turn on, the amount of uh, the, you know young teens that you can turn on to reading and enjoying reading is a cool thing. It's, it's, it's cool. It's, I'm really proud of the book, and yeah. I'm glad it's doing well. And it's uh, We're very happy for you. I'll yeah. be glad to see you if you can make nice. it. Nice. And we'd like to remain friends with you. You're That's such a nice guy nice. and a great it's interview. Been, it's always been, so. Thanks for having me back. Guys. Yeah, anytime. So the book is called Ronan Boyle uh, and the Bridge of Riddles, mm-hmm. and uh, Thomas is going to be on hand, like he was saying, at the Noble uh, Barnes & Noble Fairless Hills, Oxford Valley yep. Mall. Okay. Yep. And that's at 7, 7 o'clock. o'clock tonight. All right, cool. Stop by and see him. Thanks for being Thanks, here, man. Guys. We oh, appreciate it so much. Appreciate Cheer it. for Thomas Lennon yeah. on the President of the Sea Show. Uh, we're going to take a break. <laughs> we'll be back in a second. We have an amazing jazz musician. I mean, one of the most innovative drummers I've ever seen who's going to be here in our studio named Antonio Sanchez. And I'm going to play with him. we got the drum kit set up in here. It's not, it's not, it's not a, a drum off. off. Exactly. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. More of the Preston and Steve Show podcast after this. Now back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, one quick thing before we welcome our guests. we got to do one more matchup here. It's time for Preston and Steve's Daily Rush Madness. All right, what is going to be one more match up here with a number one seed. Actually, we have another number one seed before we wrap up the entire program, but uh, these two are facing off each other in the anyway region, mind you, and it's going to be Kathy's teacher versus Rizzo, the anchorman, a true love story, and it was head-to-head Rizzo's yesterday. Yes, it was. And uh, the anchorman love story beat out the uh, creme creme brulee. And now you got to decide whether or not it's going to beat Kathy's teacher. Let me play a couple of quick clips for you. Here is uh, Kathy's teacher. And motivational speakers and stuff like that that did the high school circuit. You it know. didn't matter. You were getting out of class. Totally. So, like, if, I was it, on it, board. It, would, it would peel off half the school day. Yep. I don't care what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, just had, get us out of there. They called us in one time for one about anorexia. I was just happy to get a great out of class. I'm starving. Yeah. So wait. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, you can get uh, the gist of that video when you watch it at WMMR.com. And it's going uh, to go up against this one, Rizzo versus the Anchorman. By myself, I'll take you physically. <laughs> what about asking you to take me physically? Well, get away I'll, from me. Well, I'll take you sexually, too. <laughs> I'll take you physically and sexually, and you'll, and you'll hate it in one part. You'll love it in the other, and you'll be forever sworn to me your allegiance out of the love of the passion I'll deliver to you, all of you. It is one of my all-time favorites. But it is a number four seed against a number one seed. Now, you got to vote, and you got to let us know. And all of it right there at WMMR.com. Just click on the Daily Rush Madness banner. It takes you to the videos and the voting and all that stuff. Yeah. And we still got two more matchups before the day is up. I seriously I encourage you to watch the videos because we're getting down to some real, the nitty-gritty, as they say, and yep. we want what needs to win to be the proper video. Yep. All right. Uh, we are ready to welcome our next guest. He is in town and will be performing tonight at Ardmore Music Hall uh, with Migration. 
Um, he first came on to my radar. I'm a drummer, in case you did not know that. I talk about it constantly. No. On the, I know. Well, on you're a good drummer. You deserve to talk about but, it. But, well, anyhow, uh, he first came on my radar, the movie Birdman, which is a weird movie. I didn't really care for the movie. I didn't hate it or anything like that, but I'm like, that's really strange. But I was really drawn into the music, and the music is almost, it's like 95% just drums. And when I got done watching the movie, immediately I Googled, you know, drummer, Birdman, soundtrack. And this gentleman's name came up, and I started watching videos, and I was like, wow, okay, this is some unique take on this instrument. And I really was impressed by it. I told Casey about it, you guys about it. And you said you likened an innovation to, like, the way Tom Morello innovates with the guitar. That's my personal take from it. So Tom Morello took the instrument. He did some things that that I hadn't heard done before on it. And uh, this, uh, that's hard to do. It's hard to take an instrument that's been and, around for so long it, and give yeah. it a new sound. And that's what I think our next guest has done. And he comes loaded with uh, accolades and uh, yeah. is well vetted, just a bit, in the world of jazz music. And I know that us being a rock station you may not be familiar with him, which is why we want to have him on this morning. Turn you on to something, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Antonio Sanchez. Yeah. Is here this morning. How are you, man? I'm good. Thanks nice, for having me. Nice to meet you. Uh, m- my pleasure. It's. Uh, it, it's wild. I, I'm I'm nervous talking to you uh, because we have two drum kits set up in here. And by the way, it's their idea that you and I play together. And we've we've done it a few times. We've had some some pretty big names in the world of drums here. I've, I've played against or with Mike Portnoy. Mike Portnoy, Questlove uh, have done it. And uh, but I'm, it's, it's I'm not. more intimidated in sitting down. Playing with you than either of those guys. Oh, don't worry, I'll be. I'll go really easy. <laughs> no, I, don't worry about it. I, I don't want to have a battle. I it's just not a drum off. It's a jam. <laughs> but let's. Uh, I'm going to mention a couple things. Background for people who may not be familiar with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you had uh, graduated magna cum laude at uh, Berkeley in jazz studies, uh, a master's in jazz improvisation at Boston New England Conservatory of Music, and not only that, a degree in classical piano from the National Conservatory. Uh, and uh, so you're you're a well-schooled musician, but one of the things that I find interesting in all this world of jazz and and this very sophisticated music is I caught an interview with you, and it's the reason that I played uh, Walking on the Mood from the Police is uh, you started off a huge Stuart Copeland fan and a rock fan as well. Yeah, well, you know, I started playing uh, when I was five, and uh, the reason why I started playing is because my mother, Susana, has a brother, Nacho. Nacho had a girlfriend, Anna, and Anna had a brother, Fito, and Fito was a drummer. Okay. Okay. So one day I was being babysat by Nacho, my uncle. We went to to Anna's house, and Fito's drum set was right there. And uh, it was a Ludwig see-through kid, like the one John Bonham used to play. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And back then, I was already listening to Led Zeppelin. So, I, I mean, I was floored just by the sheer sight of that beautiful instrument. Yep. And then he started. He came down, Fito, this guy, and he put on uh, on on his uh, record player. He put a whole lot of love. And then he just started jamming along to that, and and I was sold. You know what? You, like me, I remember it was actually the look of drums themselves that Mm -hmm. first got my interest. I was like, what is that stuff? You know what I mean? And it just seemed so cool to me. Now it's a royal pain in the ass because you've got (laughs) to lug that crap around and put it together. As Antonio was getting set up, I'm like, one of the burdens of being a drummer is having to set up the drum kit. You have people that do that for you now, I would imagine. Uh, uh, On occasion. On On occasion. occasion. 
But um, but yeah. So so you learned from uh, from the world of of rock. So you came up with that music, and then at some point, jazz had to have caught your ear. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, basically, I was into Copeland, Neil Peart. Uh, uh, John Bonham, Keith Moon, mm-hmm. you know, all those guys. But I started with Ringo and Charlie Watts. And then um, slowly I wanted to learn what else I could do with an instrument. Okay. And that usually takes you uh, on, the, on the jazz road. Yeah, I uh, similar, I, uh, you know, same thing, Beatles or, or what I began with. And then eventually I started to explore into things like Rush and Yes and these uh, progressive bands and what you could do technique-wise and, and get a little bit more complex. And then the, the natural next step is into the world of jazz because as complex a drummers as, as Neil Peart and, and Bonham and all these other guys are, the next level is in the jazz realm. Yeah, uh, I, I believe so because uh, improvisation, I think, is the utmost expression of somebody's identity. Right. And if you're able to do that in real time, uh, you know, that's usually one of the most magical things you can experience as a musician. And you grew up in Mexico City, mm-hmm. and uh, Latin music is incredibly rhythmic. So you had to have been surrounded by that as well. Oh, yeah. I, I did a lot of Latin jazz, uh, studied a lot of Cuban music, Brazilian music, Mexican music. So, you know, it it all, it kind of uh, comes into play when, when I perform now. Mm-hmm. I have so many influences by by this point that, uh, you know, I think it has enriched my, my playing, you know, immensely from, from playing, starting with rock, which was a great foundation, mm-hmm. and then going through Latin jazz, jazz fusion, and, and every, every genre you could think of. Basically. Right. Do you know what's funny is I think people see, and we've talked about this, Preston, that there's this, this impenetrable jazz wall that people, they, they, they have a perception about it. And I, I love fusion jazz. I love Pat Metheny. I love, you know, uh, uh, and I love John Coltrane, and I love, you know, all, all the different... To talk about that improvisational thing, and people say, "Oh, it's too complex. I don't understand it." But I, I think, uh, in many ways, um, it taps into that the artist expressing themselves in a way that that will. Con- I think it can connect with you in a way that's maybe more profound than a lot of people think. Do you know what I'm saying? Because there, there seems to be this. A lot of people perceive it as, "Eh, it's not my thing." But I think on a visceral level, you might find that it's a little bit more. Uh, intense. Well, the thing is, I hate when jazz is too brainy. Yeah, yeah. And and when there's no really uh, a story uh, telling, um, uh, you know, when jazz doesn't really tells a story, that it becomes really boring, and and it just becomes about people just kind of uh, showing off. To mm. me, and I was I was watching a video of of you and, and a couple of them. They're fascinating. I'm not even a, a, per, a percussionist, but I'm, I'm I'm watching you explain. And a lot of what you were saying seems to be that let the simplicity of what you're doing guide you, and don't get in the way of your own yeah. music. Exactly. But to me, it's all about storytelling. I mean, when I when I compose, it's the same thing. If you cannot really tell your story and develop your story well, it's like filmmaking. Yeah, know? there's you an economy. Have, yeah, exactly. And if you you can have a great uh, premise, but if you don't tell it right, then it it doesn't do anything, you know. And at the end of the of the day, you're trying to communicate something to the audience, and if you, they can ra- grasp what you're trying to do, then then they cannot connect to you. Yeah, and and you do realize that the, the the complexity of of the conversations that you're having musically with the other musicians, you guys are of such a level that when you listen to to fusion jazz and and really intense, super duper fast swing and bebop and stuff like that, that the average ear some of it, like, we don't know where you are. I, I don't know time-wise where you guys are, 
but you guys all do, and I find that fascinating. When I get lost in a song, and by that meaning, I don't know where one, two, three, four is, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you guys come back together and bang, you're right on top of it. It fascinates me as a percussionist. I'm like, how the hell did they do that? It's so cool. But, I think anyone can appreciate that. But you can see how daunting that is to people who don't understand what you guys are doing because it can sound like noise. Exactly. You know what I mean? but, but that's one of my main missions. And, you know, Steve, you mentioned uh, Pat Metheny. I've been yeah. playing with him for 18 years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the things I learned from him is to try to make things accessible. You don't have to be complicated for the sake of being complicated. And right. It's a lot about lyricism, about melody, and, you know, about about communicating something to the audience. If you're over, overly complicated just for the f- fact uh, uh, just for the sake of complication, then the, I, you lose me as well. There, there, there's one of my all-time favorite albums is Still Life Talking, the uh, Pat Metheny yeah, album, Grammy, Grammy. And, so, and there is a perfect accessible album for people who don't, you know, don't quite understand. Because there, there, there are things that, there are no lyric. well, there, there's a quasi kind of lyrics. The, the voice is used as a, as yeah. a lyric. There are Vocals a lot of with no lyrics. Yeah. Right, but 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 you you will tear up. The last Train Home is just, a, to me, is probably a fairly, a fairly simple song, mm-hmm. but it, it just never, I know exactly what he's trying to say or what you exactly. musicians are trying to say, and it just kills me every time. Exactly. And, and one of the things that I have in my band, Migration, is my wife, Tana Alexa. She sings, and that really draws a bridge to the audience. You right. Know, it's a very different kind of thing when you have four guys improvising like crazy or when you have a singer also doing uh, things that, that, you know, that's very important. Right. Uh, if you're just tuning in, uh, it's Antonio Sanchez who's going to be playing with the band Migration at uh, Armour Music Hall tonight, by the way. You can get Armour uh, tickets at armourmusic.com. A couple of drummer questions for you. Going back to Stuart Copeland for a moment. One of the things Antonio does that caught my eye and ear is that he uses... All of the voices of the drum kit that are available and ones that you may not have heard before. And I'm talking about hitting the rims, hitting the shells, playing with your fingers, hands, and so on and so forth, and incorporating all that stuff. And going back to Stuart Copeland, is your affinity for rim knocks, does some of that come back from uh, listening to Stuart growing up? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He was a he was man for that. And then when I started playing Latin jazz, there's tons of that. Okay. Of How about using, because the first thing that I found really, really interesting about, I just pulled up and it just said uh, on YouTube, Antonio Sanchez drum solo. And I watched you and you're playing along without setting the sticks down. You're also holding on to the sticks and playing with your fingers on the uh, mm-hmm. on the snare drum right. and, and here and there. And it it sounds like more than one drummer is playing at the same time, which I found really interesting. Is that a technique you just kind of stumbled across and decided to expand on, or did you get some influence from that? Well, I studied quite a bit of uh, percussion when I was at Berkeley as well, like congas and, and bongos and stuff like that, you know, instruments that you play with your hands. And I just started incorporating it. Uh, little by little, as I was holding the sticks. And a lot of things as well I, I stumbled upon. Okay. How about using your left foot to play things other than the hi-hat? Uh, that's really cool when you do that. Yeah, that's, that has been great because that allows me, for example, I, I can either, either have a cowbell or a tambourine that uh, allows me to keep time, like let's say, for example, quarter notes, uh, while I'm playing eight notes with a hi-hat. You know, and that allows everybody to kind of understand where the time is so that I can do some crazy stuff on top of it. Yeah. Everybody knows where the time is. Yeah. And so that's, that's real helpful. That's one of the things if you listen to Antonio, you'll hear that that uh, that cowbell clicking off this time like that. Mm-hmm. 
and his hands are doing things that don't sound like they fit with the time that that cowbell is playing, <laughs> but they are. It's these syncopated rhythms that are... Do you have to think really hard when you're doing that, or does it just come naturally to you? Uh, at this point, I don't... I think if you're improvising and you're thinking, then you're doing it wrong. See, okay. it, it impresses me, Antonio, that I am far too stupid to do... <laughs> because the complexity of it is so beautiful. I mean, and to me, it seems like like you're like you're running mathematical equations as you're playing. But as you say, you don't want that to impede your ability to just express yourself. But still, you have to be aware of a. It's it's a, it's like a multi level chess game. Yeah, I think uh, you know my rule is don't play anything that you don't hear in your head. Yeah. I have to hear it and understand it without having to be mathematical about okay. it. Okay. I'm terrible at math. <laughs> there we so, go. So gives, it's a gives me hope. That musicians, yeah. oh, they have to be great at math. No, it's it's, it's bull. You, okay. know, you know, it's funny, Antonio, you talk about hearing it in your head. So I, there was a time when I was a, I was a pretty decent drummer for like a cover band drummer. And I was I was playing jazz and things like that. I went through the program in high school and I got really into lab and, and theory and all those things. Uh, and I used to be able to play the things that I think about. And now I'll, <laughs> I'll have an idea and I'll be thinking in my head. And I will sit down and I can't play. <laughs> and I just, you know, I, I don't play anymore. I, I, mm. uh, life got in the way and, you know, I'm 51 years old and, you know, you're, there's wear and tear on your body. And plus I destroyed my hearing. That's one thing that mm. I would like to remind anybody who's taken up the mm. instrument, please protect your ears because yep. it's permanent. Uh, and so I just, it's, it's a little bit frustrating uh, for me. So this week, or last week even, when I knew you were coming in, I'm like, well, I better practice. (laughs) I'm going to play with Antonio Sanchez. And I sat down to play a couple times, and I was just like... This is a waste of time. <laughs> I'm just going to wait till he comes in here, and I will just uh, do he, what I can. He was in here early, really by fun. the way, you know, before the show, banging, banging away and trying to get up to speed. But, yeah, I, well, but it is what it is, yeah, you know. Yeah. It all, it's all good. But when, when, when someone is, when, when you were really into it, how much were you practicing a day? It had to have been a lot. You know, uh, I was never the kind of guy that would practice like seven hours, eight hours a day. I, I saw a lot of those people at Berkeley, and I was like, oh, man, I, I should practice more. And then I realized that I I was playing way better than a lot of those guys because I thought, I, you know, I was practicing in a smarter way. Okay. You know, I was working on my weaknesses way more than my strengths. Right. And, and uh, you know, I, w- I would do like three hours a day, four hours a day. Those. What? What would you say to people who, because I, I tried really, really hard. I, I hunkered down. I practiced. I worked on it for hours at a time. But there is a there is a thing as natural ability versus effort. Yeah. And you can work as hard as you can. But sometimes, listen, otherwise everybody would be hitting a home run every single time out of the park if they could do it. Right. There's some people that have a more of, a, of, an, of an ability. Um, if you find yourself plateauing technique-wise, ability-wise, and it frustrates you, is there anything that you would give as advice to, to people uh, as to, you know, don't give up or just keep going? Or what do you think? Um, well, you know, I think the problem with drums sometimes is that 
people see it as an Olympic event. Who can play the fastest? Who can play the hardest? Sometimes I go to drum clinics or master classes where, you know, the first minute I'm like, oh, my God, this guy is amazing. I'm going to go home and burn my drums. Yeah. <laughs> and then three minutes later, I'm like, man, I really want to burn this guy's drums. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's just technique, technique, technique. Yeah. You know, no storytelling. Right. So, so to me, the most important thing, I mean, I always say that a technique without concept is like giving a machine gun to a kid. Okay. You know, it's a very powerful weapon. That if you don't know how to use it, you're just gonna injure other people around you, you know, with your lack of musicality. Yeah. So to me, it's all always go back to the music. What is musical? You know, you all, sometimes you hear this term, oh, he's such a musical drummer. Yeah. What does that mean? That he plays with taste. You never say, oh, he's such a musical piano player. Right. Because it's understood that musicians play music. And a lot of times, drummers are not musicians. There's just drummers that bang away at okay. the instrument. That's why Ringo gets a. Uh, uh, defended uh in in properly because uh he did what the music called for you know what i mean he may not have been a technically amazing drummer and people say who's the greatest drummer of all time who knows i mean buddy rich was unbelievable and Mm -hmm. and uh you know but but what is great what does great mean you know and and it kind of gets muddled in there yeah Um, to that point i want to about about how much does the your piano ability um assist your drumming oh uh Immensely, immensely. immensely. Like I I always tell students, you have to learn piano because that opens your ear to so many things that normally you you would not be listening for. So when I started playing with Pat Metheny, for example, my piano training came very, very handy because he would write this beautiful chord progressions that I was able to hear. And because I would hear them, then I would switch my orchestration. And, uh, you know, and he would say, you know, it's, it's great because I feel like you're playing the chords that I'm writing. Right. You know, and I would, th- there's no way I would have been able to do that without the piano training. Mm. All right. Well, Casey's signaling towards the right. head. So Uh-oh. you and I, you and I are going to play together. <laughs> okay. Here's what I like to do. We jam a little bit. All right. And then I want you to show me something stupid. So, <laughs> <laughs> or something awesome. Cause yeah. you're, you're, we got to get a taste of. All right. Uh, so sounds good. Sashay on over there. You can head on over, uh, right. that way. And. We have uh, headphones, microphones set up, so we'll be able to Telephones. Talk. Telephones. We got everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever you want. Yeah. Any kind of phone. Preston's ambling on over, and Antonio's getting in place. And we have two drum kits here, side by side. And uh, the uh, the shield's in front of the... Oh, this is a full professional setup. But uh, Yeah, when we, get, when we start to get the drums going, I'm going to turn the mics down so that uh, it'll sound better. Right, right. All right. Oh. There you go. Is, are you nervous? No, not at all. Yes. No, he's just, we're, we're asking Antonio. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, this is the first time he's played with the drummer from the image. I, I'm good, I think. <laughs> Actually, I have to pee. Okay, well, we'll just do it. Hang on a second. Now, what I can't hear is this microphone through the uh, the headphones. We're getting set up. I hear everybody else's. Uh, but, Sorry, I'm getting my level set and everything. It's all right, man. You're, you know, we're checking the equipment and everything. Hey. I am so nervous. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm shaking a little bit. Antonio, uh, do you know how to play Wipeout? Can you play Wipeout? Stop it. I, no. I, I, I never did, but we, we can. <laughs> That's right. me. That's Yay! Preston. So do you want you want you want Antonio to play a little, and you you? Why don't we? You want to like trade eight? I'll start a beat, and we can trade eight yeah. on a little solo one or something like that. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. All right, who's going to start first so we know? Well, we'll start together. All right. Oh, you st- oh, okay. Well, I, you know what? Here's the deal. I'll play a rhythm, 
and uh, Antonio will sync up with me because I don't. He may start playing something I can't play. Yeah. So, so let me that's start. That's probably inevitable. Okay. Yeah. So and uh, and then at some point um, I'll do like a, a little uh, eight beat riff and then he'll do it and we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out right, right? right. yeah all right, we'll yeah, figure yeah, you, you'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know what to do Awesome. Uh, I, 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 I'm sorry, I have to say, man, come on, what are you talking about? You sound great. <laughs> oh, oh, see? Yeah. So Chuck was standing back Chicken. here. He goes, uh, he points at pressure. He goes, 
He's a rock drummer, and then he points at you, Antonio. He goes, "He's a jazz drummer." Oh, yeah. He said there was a difference, uh, I, you know. And so I can't tell. I'm not a drummer. I can't tell the uh, between the. Yeah, to, well, to begin with, the sound of the drums is very different. You yep. know, you're sort of tuned like a like a rock kid. Yep. Uh, but man, your your time is really good. Seriously? Yeah. Well, thank you. That's you see. I appreciate. You beat it. yourself up for nothing. Listen to the man. He knows what he's talking about. There was so much going on over here. Like. I, 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 didn't, I don't even know what just happened and what I just watched, but the beats and the your hands going at different times and your feet going at different times, I, I, it was amazing. Well, but Kathy, and that speaks to what to go why you need yeah. to go see. You need to go see in person, you know, at the at the Ardmore because it's it's obviously it's something that it's it's to see it and see it performed live is a wholly other thing. You you well, appreciate it, hearing it, but seeing it is a whole other realm. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I think seeing, a, a, like, a really good musician doing yeah. what they do live is like going to see an amazing, you know, a sports person. Yeah, yeah. You know, is the only place where you can actually see somebody do that at that level. So yep. I, I think it's really interesting. Can I ask, and I don't know if this, if, so it, listening, and Preston, you know, obviously was going on about the, the, the Birdman uh, soundtrack and everything. Were there, were there any things that jump out for, from for your uh, composition for the movie that, that you're super proud of anything you could sort of demonstrate for us that was there any sort of thing that you uh, created or or a, a passage or something that you were especially proud of i mean uh, to me the most amazing thing about having been part of that project is that that i i only had the drums to do everything that i needed to do was was that was that per your your idea, or did the director himself? No, the director. The okay. Director was because he's a drum fan. He was a big Pat Metheny fan, actually. Right. And and he's the one that really wanted just drum set. So I had to figure out different ways of making the drums sound completely different to than, give him a, a d- different yeah. shades of character. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. So so that was one of the most uh, interesting things about the whole project. Just the the the, the research I had to do to, to get different sounds out of the and, drums. And Antonio, um, I know about the, the how you recorded that steve they didn't film it and show antonio the scenes as he was playing along can you tell them how they did it yeah it was a really um unorthodox way of doing it because they sent me the script and um Inari to the director wanted uh, already some tracks before they started shooting. So we we did the whole movie just off of the script, off of without ever seeing any imagery. Exactly. You're just going off so the did, written words. So he would just sit in front of me, and yeah. I, I would ask him. You know, this is a very long scene, so I would ask him to explain the scenes to me, and then uh, he would just raise his hand whenever he would see the next phase of the scene happening in his head, so that I would get the timing right. Yeah. So then he was just sitting in front of me, and I would just be improvising. And then he would raise his hand, and I would think, okay, somebody opened the door. Wow. And then <laughs> That's I would crazy. Play an accent and then keep playing. So we did the whole movie like that. Yeah. Wow. yeah it was really cool. And then uh, they superimposed those. Um, Passages, tracks, yeah. yeah. On on the rough cut of the film, then they showed me what they did, and then we redid a lot of the things. You sort of shorted up, yeah. And yeah. and this time, looking at the film, huh? Yeah, it's pretty, it's amazing. pretty amazing. Yeah. That's why you have that very. It, it has such a jazz feel to it. Yep. Yeah. Even Absolutely. cinematically. Hey, yeah. Press. We we only have a couple of more minutes. If you wanted to, uh, yeah, I want to get. If yeah. you don't mind, if you wouldn't mind doing a little improv for us, real quick, yeah, just solo. Yeah. Sure. Um. So uh, check this out, and please go see the uh, the show tonight because you you will be amazed by the musicianship. So if you could do a little bit, that'd be cool. How long do we have, Case? Um, I'm taking a look. Like uh, two and a half minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. You mind doing a quickie? Sure. Antonio Sanchez. Here we go.
Oh, my God. Holy hell. That's freaking amazing. Oh, my God. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. This guy brings out voices of the drums you've never heard before. That squeaking at the end there. I thought something had fallen because he was kind of reaching down, but you went no. underneath the drum? He was yeah, playing with the snares. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and and also hitting not only the hi-hat with the, the edges of the sticks, but the snare drum with the butt of the snicks at the same time. Playing the, the whole drum. That, that's, that's massively unique. impressive. Oh yeah. Unbelievable. Thank Thanks that's for having me. You kidding me? This, it's an honor of mine. Thank you so much my for pleasure. being here. Thank you. Migration plays tonight, and this will be at the Ardmore Music Hall, and you can get tickets at ardmoremusic.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Antonio Sancho. Yeah! Thanks for being here, Antonio. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. We'll be back Thanks in just a moment. Stay with us. What's new? Glad you asked. Muse. Disturbed. The Raconteurs. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. It's time for Preston and Steve's Daily Rush Madness. It's a marathon of matchups today, but see, the way we want to end it is on Friday. We just want to have uh, our last four going against each other and then the championship, and that's all there is to it. So yeah. we're trying to fit all these in. So two more matchups to bring you up to speed on today. Uh, in this particular round, we have Manthe Snortdort. Wow. Against the Pennsylvania New State song. And you're going to have to make a decision, even if you've got a favorite. This is the painful part. Yeah, yeah. So let's take a uh, listen to Manthe Snortort. Here's a little clip of that. Live. <laughs> Snortort. Oh, I just nice snorted. I snorted. I snorted. You snorted while saying Snortort. You just snortorted. <laughs> oh. Snortort's in the lobby. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> And you snorted. That was him. Oh, that was a case. No, it, was it was Charlie Preston snorted. That was you. Uh, Snort Dorter. Uh, more than just Manthe, there was a lot of snorting going on. There was on a lot that of snorting. Particular break. And that will face off against the Pennsylvania New State song. Here's another clip from that one. Concert venues. We got a few of those. Our women like to wear pantyhose. <laughs> Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Or the land and or the sea. We have the land, but we don't have the sea. It's a good song. Uh, it's a work in progress. <laughs> don't forget that a listener actually wrote music yes. to that. Yes. And sent it to us. She did a great job. With the exact words that you rattled <laughs> off in that uh, high, that entire segment. So, yeah. videos at WMMR.com. Vote on them, please. And we'll do one more matchup before the day is up with. In the meantime, a Bizarre Five. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, bizarre Five. All right, the b this morning brought to you by uh, the LLS Big Climb Philly. Uh, you can join Nick and Team Luke on April 13th for the LLS Big Climb Philly. Team Luke will climb 47 floors to the top of the FMC Tower to help find a cure to cancer. Uh, you can join Team Luke or donate Luke or donate BigClimbPhilly.org. A 55-year-old man is facing an assault charge after police say he attacked an employee at a giant food store. Bradley A. Bauer is charged with one count of simple assault. Now, police say Bauer attacked cashier after he was upset. With the way his groceries were being bagged. Didn't like the way they were being bagged. Yeah. 
Bauer later told the police that uh, the cashier put canned goods in the same grocery bag as the chips that Bauer and his wife were purchasing. The hell are you doing? And the chips were smashed. Bauer said he asked the cashier to stop bagging his groceries that way. As Bauer was leaving, the cashier told police he asked him, do you have a problem with me? Because I have a problem with you. And the cashier said that he thought Bauer was joking and replied, do you? And that's when the dude went over and attacked him, placing his hands around the guy's head. He started choking him. Oh, my God. The cashier told police he shoved Bauer away from him, and other employees then stepped in to separate them. Police said the cashier suffered bruising to his neck. Uh, the incident was captured on the store surveillance system, and police say the review of the footage supported the cashier's claim, so Bauer was charged with a Listen, he, he might have had a point about not putting heavy things on top of chips. However, you don't strangle someone out. Well, what you can do it. is you can ask them to go get you a new bag yeah. of chips. You are in the grocery store, after hey, all. punk. Yeah. Go get me some more chips. I don't know, man. He strangled the guy. I don't think the guy's going to put uh, cans <laughs> on chips anymore. Message received. <laughs> Tough justice. Uh, Chinese social media users have been encouraging a 77-year-old man to apply for a Guinness record after photos of his 5.5-meter-long hair went viral online. That's about 20 feet of hair. I so thought you were going to say penis. Uh, No, sorry about that. Uh, The man who keeps his dreadlocks wrapped. Sorry, he and his 20-foot penis. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a little proud of it. Uh, the man keeps his dreadlocks wrapped around his head as a turban. Uh, claims that he hasn't had it cut in over fifty-four years. What about washed? Uh, yeah, he well, yeah, he just recently went to to get it washed. The seventy-seven-year-old, unusually long hair, went viral on Chinese social media after his daughter-in-law accompanied him to one of his long and frequent visits to a hair salon to have it washed. I'm very proud of it. It's hideous and it stinks. Uh, she recorded a video. <laughs> Of the staff there untangling his dreadlocks, washing them in a sink, and then painstakingly drying them, a process that reportedly takes two or three people around three hours to complete. (sighs) That's where my cat was. Uh, The man's daughter posted the footage online where it quickly went viral with over 1.5 million views in just a couple of days. You you wonder what makes someone commit to something like this. You know, where uh, do they actively at the beginning say, okay, I'm going to go for this record, or is it just long and they just... At a certain point, they commit, you know? Um, his reasons for growing ha- his hair so long have nothing to do with fame or recognition. When he was only 23 years old, he somehow got it in his head that letting his hair grow would keep him and his family healthy. So he hasn't cut it since. So he's an idiot. Yeah, the man's yeah. daughter-in-law recently told the paper that the uh, in the late 70s, somebody offered him like uh, 600 bucks for his hair, but he refused. I can't. As his family's health was My more family important. family would die. Uh, although okay, man- Skippy. Managing all that hair can be inconvenient, especially when leaving the house. He says that he's gotten used to it and refuses to get a haircut. Kathy, Kathy's cuts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You could just book him. Yeah, that'd be it. Yeah. Uh, The Shard, the London Eye, Westminster. These are all things you expect in the London skyline. But giant inflatable boobs, not so much. Four of them have been placed across London as part of a campaign to fight the stigma around breastfeeding and pumping in public. And by big, I mean, these things are like the size of the roof of the building. Really? They're huge, yes. Uh, They vary in size from uh, three meters to six meters tall, so, you know, near 20 feet tall, and they represent different skin tones. Each one is positioned at a different location. Uh, And do they actually lactate? 
And I, that I don't know. Okay. It doesn't say. LV, a tech firm specializing in products for London, put the boobs in place as part of their Free the Feed campaign to empower women to feel safe and comfortable breastfeeding or pumping anytime, anywhere, and encourage the British public to support them. It comes after another campaign to normalize boobs in Amsterdam. So they're following suit. Did you report a while ago that there was uh, the, a worldwide survey determined that British women statistically have larger breasts? Oh, I don't know. I Very think that well was the have. finding. Very well could have. All right, and then uh, one more story. If only a pair of students would have put this sort of ingenuity into their classwork, they may not have been charged. But two freshmen at Secaucus High School... Using an app or a computer program successfully crashed the school's Wi-Fi network on multiple occasions to get out of taking exams. Uh-huh. Two, Little Ferris Bueller's. Yeah, two 14-year-old boys were charged with computer criminal activity. Uh, and it was after school officials notified police because they are juveniles. Their names are not being released. But uh, according to the superintendent, their Wi-Fi connection was compromised over the past week. They found that two students who may have been involved in the disruption of the system were at fault. Uh, since much of the school's curriculum is Internet-based, the lack of Wi-Fi connection disrupted the students' daily assignments. And it's believed that the two boys took requests from other students <laughs> to bring down the network. Wow. Uh, students interviewed believe the boys used a Wi-Fi interrupter program or an app to send so much traffic to the routers that the system would crash, which ultimately caused connection failures when students tried to log mm-hmm. on to classwork or take exams on their computers. Yeah. The stuff that you did you see recently that they're the uh, Teslas are hackable. Uh, I believe it. Yeah, believe they it. they've been actually they've been able to take control of Teslas in motion. Whoa! Yeah, that's a little terrifying. It is a little terrifying. Uh, some students said that they were surprised kids their age were able to pull off such a stunt, but uh, they certainly did. And that is what I have for you in this morning's bizarre file. Let's get a winner: secret text caller and Kathy. What number caller do we want? Nineteen. Caller 19, I like what that. What a number! Yeah, 215-263-WMMR. Yeah, Pit tickets, the MMRBQ, coming up on Saturday, May 18th, which will be here before you know it. Let's have you call in, number 19. You get a crack at it. We'll grab a random texter as well when we come back to lesson question and more. Stay there. More of the Preston and Steve Show podcast after this. Now back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Wednesday, the President's Steve Show. Wednesdays mean uh, secret text word usually. And you know what? We have one today. And it's for pit tickets, the MMRBQ. And we're looking for a word. And we're looking for a caller. Uh, that caller is number 19, and it is Caitlin who is on the line. Hi there, Caitlin. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. You want to win those pit tickets, the MMRBQ? Uh, yeah, I kind of do. <laughs> All right, then give me that word. What is the secret text word today? Word is thermos. Thermos is correct. <laughs> Caitlin, all right, you're going to the MM barbecue, and not only that, you got the tickets in the pit, which is as close as you can get. Yeah, congratulations! So cool. Hang on, Caitlin, we'll get your information, and uh, tickets are on sale now. And we also gave a pair of tickets to Mike Huckle of Philadelphia, and Mike has got those tickets too. Don't forget that. Uh, there are $25 early bird special uh, for the lawn seats while supplies last. And tickets and information available at WMMR.com. We're going to do this one more time. It's time for Preston and Steve's Daily Rush Madness. All right, final matchup of the day that we are highlighting from the privileged region of the 
Uh, M.M. Arch, not M.M. Arch Madness. We've done that Archdiocese. Before. No, not the Archdiocese <laughs> either. This is Daily Rush, man. Oh, that's right. And we're in the uh, we're in the stupid 16 now. We're getting towards the end. Here's where it gets really painful. How do you how do you pick one here? Casey's Ranch dressing freakout against Regis wants to bang your fillings out. Ooh. Tough to say, right? All right, let's uh. go to the audio. Play a little bit of Casey's Ranch dressing freakout. Here we go. It's not something I invented. Uh, it was like I, I tried I, it because I saw a girl with it with a nice frame. <laughs> As a matter of fact, trying to like ranch dressing on your pizza. All right, I'll try it. And then I did it like six times. And next thing you know, I, I'm I'm making ranch dressing pizza sandwiches or something. Shut up. <laughs> So Casey was a little upset. Yes. Or a little passionate, I guess. Right. He felt he was being uh, unfairly maligned. All right. And that goes up against Regis wants to bang your fillings out. And here's a clip from that. She's aces. A number one. George Clooney's girl. (laughs) Is a lawyer and a model. I want to bang the fillings out. Pow! All over the floor. All right, so. Wow. Which one's it going to be? We're leaving this in your hands. And you just go to WMMR.com and check out the Daily Rush Madness link. And uh, go watch the videos if you need to. Or just vote if you've already watched them by now. And we will find out who is going to be victorious on Friday when it's all said and done. In the meantime, we're going to do today's lesson question. Hang on, I put them over here. Um, today's question, Courtney Kardashian's new website, Poosh, <laughs> comes to us from the makers of what? <laughs> 215-263-WMMR is another name, okay? So, Courtney Kardashian's new website, Poosh, comes to us from the makers of what? 215-263-WMMR. Call now if you know the answer. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. And it is brought to you by A.D. Moyer. A.D. Moyer Lumber is celebrating 80 years of supplying quality building materials and service. Four generations, one family, one commitment. Learn more at admoyer.com. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, Wendy Williams reportedly coming to terms with the end of her 21-year marriage to Kevin Hunter after he had a baby with his mistress. Wendy says she's been working on herself and believes she can finally let her anger at Hunter go once she kills him. (laughs) Oh, my God. Khloe Kardashian admitting in a recent interview that perhaps it's time to stop dating basketball players. Khloe says she thought NBA stars would be more faithful because they're always on the road surrounded by women who remind them of things they love about you. Oh, my God. And finally, Ariana Grande suggesting she's bisexual in her new song titled Monopoly in which she sings, quote, I like women and men, yeah. Grandi Grandi continues to drop further hints as the song progresses, singing, What I'm saying is I thoroughly enjoy hardcore lesbian sex. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we shall see if you know the answer to this. And uh, we have here, Kourtney Kardashian's new website, Poosh. Poosh. Comes from the makers of what? And I will go to Joe for the answer. Hey, Joe, how you doing, bud? (laughs) Hey, how you guys doing today? Good, buddy. All right, Poosh comes from the makers of what? Biff. Biff, Biff. yes. Poosh by Biff. Hang on a second, Joe. We are going to give you, uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, we got some tickets to join Casey and Nick. 
for a sweep for the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series race at Dover International Speedway. May 5th, you can celebrate Dover International Speedway's 50th anniversary during race weekend, May 3rd through the 5th. Uh, for information and tickets, visit DoverSpeedway.com. We now dive into the music news. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Uh, it's brought to you by Chorus Photography, the official photographers of the Preston and Steve Show. Uh, the Tours have announced their third album, titled Help Us, Stranger, will be released on June 21st. Jack White will issue the disc through his own label, Third Man Records, and the LP is the first uh, from the group in more than a decade. Uh, follows 2008's Consolers of the Lonely. Uh, I really like that album. That, uh, that last album is really good. Yeah, the band will play their first show in eight years on April 6th, headlining an event celebrating the 10th anniversary of Third Man Records, opening its offices in Nashville. Hey, the movie which James Hetfield from Metallica makes his uh, dramatic acting debut is going to premiere next uh, premiere next month on Netflix. Uh, Title: Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. Uh, the film arrives on the streaming service on May 3rd and tells the true story of Ted Bundy, played by Zac Efron, and his longtime girlfriend, played by Lily Collins, who at the time had no knowledge of Bundy's horrific crimes. Hetfield plays Officer Bob Hayward. I want to see this. Uh, yep, a no-nonsense Utah Highway Patrol veteran who was the first law enforcement officer to arrest Bundy in 75 after pulling the killer over and discovering burglary tools in his car. Wisely suspecting much worse. They recut the trailer, Preston, because it was a little controversial when they first showed it because it was uh, a little too much like One Crazy Summer. <laughs> and the approach was a little too cavalier. Yeah. And the new trailer is a lot more sinister because, let's face it, this guy was a brutal killer. Coming out next month, which should be pretty cool. Uh, the Colts will celebrate the 30th anniversary of its classic 1989 album, Sonic Temple. Mm. And that will be June 15th at the Greek Theater with a bill that's based loosely on singer Ian Asprey's pre-Lollapalooza 1990, a Gathering of Tribes festival. Uh, the band will be joined by support acts uh, Prayers, Zola, Jesus, and Vowels. And uh, that album had songs like Firewoman, uh, Edie, and uh, Sweet Soul Sister, and The Sun King. So they're going to play that whole thing. It's good stuff. Speaking of doing that, the Eagles are going to perform their 1976 masterpiece, Hotel California, in its entirety for the first time ever and that will be in Las Vegas on September 27th and 28th at the MGM Grand Garden Arena. That's pretty cool. In, who's who's going to be in the lineup? In addition to the eight-week chart topper, each night's concert will also include an additional set of the band's greatest hits, of course. And, uh, of course, that particular album, Hotel California, was the only one that featured Joe Walsh. He joined shortly after Bernie Leadon's 1975 departure. And, uh, like I said, it was the only one that had Don Henley, Glenn Fry, Joe Walsh, John Felder, and Randy Meisner. So is, I don't is, know who all is on board for this, but Joe will be there. And Glenn Fry sings. Glenn Fry's son is singing in his stead, right? Uh, he performs with them, and so does Vince Gill. Right. Uh, so they've got a little bit of backup uh, with that vocally after Glenn Fry passed, obviously. And then one last story. The initial dates of for Yes, the band, the Royal Affair Tour have been announced, and the trek also features Asia, the Moody Blues' John Lodge, wow, and Carl Palmer's ELP Legacy with guest vocals by Arthur Brown. No. Are you kidding me? The God of Hellfire, that's right. Uh, the tour will launch on June 12th in Bethlehem. I am the God of Hellfire and all that is sinister, and my name is Arthur Brown. <laughs> I bring you fire. Yeah, that's Arthur Brown. 
Uh, so the current come line- on, everybody. Uh, the current lineup. I'm Arthur Brown. <laughs> Features uh, Steve Howe on guitar, Alan White on drums, Jeff Downs on keyboards. But everyone calls me Artie. (laughs) Artie Brown or Artie B. Come on, everybody. Let's go to hell. John Davidson is on vocals. John Davidson from the uh, the, uh, old... That's incredible. Davidson. (laughs) Oh. Uh, so I guess John Anderson fire is not on board. I'm a talking about fire. Do you remember wop, wop, wop. when he, when he hosted the uh, the Hollywood Squares? He would always sing. They would give him clues to sing. I know it was terrible. I mean, he had a good voice and everything, but it was so loungy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he had great hair though. And uh, Billy Sherwood is on bass. The band is supplemented by Jay Shellen on additional drums. So there you go. That's what I have. And music news for you. We're going to break. We're going to come back in a moment. When we return, we'll get the letter of the day for the word of the week prize. We'll find out what Pierre has in store for you as well. So make sure you stay close because we'll be back shortly. You know that yearly family picnic. The one where everybody shows up to hang outside, enjoy good food, great friends, and plenty of cold beer. And while it might be fun to watch Uncle Joe do a keg stand. MMR's Family Picnic has a kick-ass rock bands providing the entertainment. Shine down. Cause it's about to get heavy. Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. The Struts. And Evanescence. Plus GA performances from Fozzie, Bad Wolves, The Glorious Sun, and Siravo. Bud Light presents MMRQ 2019. Saturday, May 18th. BBT Pavilion. WMMR.com for details on $25 lawn tickets. Hit up the rock shop for this year's MMRQ t shirt presale. Order now in time for the show. Presented by Bud Light. Brewed with hops, barley, water, and rice. And sponsored by Rita's Water Ice and Godshaw's Turkey Bacon. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Green Day at 93.3 WMMR. It's everything that rocks when I come around. It's about 10.44. I love this. We were talking about Yes in music news, and somebody texted in and said there totally needs to be a Yes cover band by all millennials called Yes. Yes. (laughs) That's a great idea. I love that. Y-A-S-S. We are about ready to wrap up today's program and uh, have thoroughly enjoyed the program. I want to thank you guys for talking me into playing with... uh, Antonio Sanchez, who is here. Well, Casey uh, definitely uh, spearheaded it. I yep. saw you writing Mrs. Antonio on your notebook. <laughs> notebook there, Mrs. Sanchez. It's got I, a nice ring to it. I didn't think no was even an option. I, listen, yeah. I, I just uh, I don't feel as confident in my playing anymore these days, and I'm a little... I, I don't do it anymore. I play... You know what? How often I play? Once a year. I play at the Camp Out for Hunger. That's it. So let's say this, all right? So he sat there. Did anyone here det- detect any sort of fraudulent... Resp- he was... He was properly impressed with your playing. He told me I, he was I have a good was, BS meter. It yeah. was really nice. He was a, he was a super nice guy. I'm, I'm, I'm sure he's played with people who have who've sucked and you know so he has to put on the happy face and say, "Yeah, that's good." But that was legitimate. And thank you to uh David was and who sent me an email, you know, formerly of the Hooters now with a in the pocket. Uh, he sent me a really nice email just a little while ago uh and he, he loved the segment and he, he wants to thank me for Continuing to shine the light on drummers and ah, so forth. So, awesome. thank you, Dave. You are the best. And by the way, they're playing on Saturday. Uh, in the pocket will be at the wait. I have the information. The Ar- Ar- oh, yeah. Ardmore Music Hall. Same place, same place that Antonio's playing tonight. 
Uh, so uh, Pierre's going to be there, and they have a special album release that's taking place, and we'll give away some more tickets to that show uh, tomorrow. But listen, if you want to expand your musical horizons, go there tonight. Check out this jazz group. Uh, his band is called Migration, and they'll they'll blow your way. Yeah, and also uh, just check out the Ardmore Music Hall. They, they're getting a lot of great acts coming through there, and I want to thank them for for getting Antonio in here this morning. Well, yeah, they 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 hit a segment of of the musical fan base that you know there's where maybe they're. They're like in between venues, and they don't know where to play. The Ardmore is a perfect place because it is a little bit more intimate, but it's a it's a decent sized place, mm-hmm. and you'll see people you won't see anywhere else. Yep. Uh, so thank you, Antonio Sanchez, for being here. And how great was Thomas Lennon? Hey, hey! Thomas, Thomas is awesome. He is he is so funny, and he's such a nice guy. I had so many people texting and say I could listen to this guy talk all day long. I, I mean, you could hang out with him as a friend, and yep. uh, as you said, you know, he's just just a guy. Just he a regular. Took- he took such a great picture. It's on our Instagram uh, as well. But uh, he came by, and he's going to be appearing tonight at the Barnes & Noble, Fairless Hills. It's in the Oxford Valley Mall. And uh, that'll be starting at 7 o'clock. He's doing a book signing and a Q&A. The book is called Ronan Boyle and the Bridge of Riddles. But if you got questions about uh, the state or Reno 911 or I Love You Man or anything, he said he'll talk about anything. And he, and he wrote... Uh, Night at the Museum. A number of movies, yeah, but he yeah. and his uh, partner. And, uh, yeah, I, I love that movie. I love that yeah. series. Yeah, you absolutely. know, that's actually where we first, one of the first places we saw Rami Malik. Exactly. Yeah. Oscar winner. Uh, let's do the letter of the day. Case, you good on that? Yeah, buddy. All right, here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. And the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. E. As in Eagles. All right. We have a hot seat VIP experience at Monster Jam 2019, April 20th at the link, including four front row tickets, behind the scenes tour, four party pit passes, and Monster Jam swag. Uh, Monster Jam is the most action-packed live event on four wheels with some of the most remarkable trucks in the world, including Gravedigger, Earthshaker, Brodozer. Brodozer! Obsessed and Zombie. <laughs> you can get tickets at monsterjam.com. I want to take a ride in Brodozer. We will give that. <laughs> I'll bet we can arrange yeah. that, man. When is it? Uh, it is April 20th. So we'll have to look into that. At the link. That's a Saturday, Steve. Absolutely, mm. man. That's my perfect time for Brodozing. I'm. <laughs> no cute doze bros. Uh, I'm going to thank our sponsors. Uh, the President's Steve Show brought to you today by Winter Airport Parking, the fastest way in and out of Philly International Airport. Also brought to you by Timothy Off Heating, Air Conditioning and Plumbing. Call today for their $79 AC tune-up special. And Planet Fitness. Get the Planet Fitness black card and you'll enjoy massage chairs, hydro massage, tanning, and more. What? Tomorrow on this very program, hey, we're talking to Jake Arietta. Hey! Finally, Phil's are on fire. First 4-0 start in over 100 years. So we'll talk to him and how that feels. And we also have uh, comedian Vicky Barbolic. Yes. Who will be in our studio tomorrow. And uh, we'll just have a damn good time. And you're invited to be here. That's it. We are done. So rage on. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow, gang. Bye-bye. The Preston and Steve Love You, Hate You line. Hold on, guys. Uh, I'm in line at the store here. This lady's bugging me trying to get my money to pay for these items. Uh, oh, hold on. I'm trying to talk to Preston and Steve. Yeah, I'll get you your money in a second. F*** you. I'm on the phone here. Next message. Good morning and welcome to a beautiful Wednesday. 
Next message. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a live report from the Washington, D.C. baseball team stadium while the Phillies are in town. The Preston and Steve Love You, Hate You line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack, sell them for less.